Not saying it was your fault, although you could have done more. Cause you're so naive, yes you're so. How could this be done? Such a smiling sweetheart. Oh, I just, I think, I think fate. Such an ugly win. Something so beautiful. Why every time I look inside, I know she knows I'm not fond of asking. She stand up to get me. I know she knows I'm not from Alaska. Boom, we are in it. We're in it all the way, baby. With Stars Born, I'm Chris Arneson. I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday afternoon, February 26, 2019. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the Melissa McCarthy episode. And if you don't already know, y'all are called starfishes, so thank you so much for being a starfish. And I'm just going to do some plugs before we get into the episode. As I said, I'm Chris Arneson. I'm your host. And I'm an author from Pullman, Washington. So I got a couple books on Amazon, Kindle, and Barnes & Noble. Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town. And What's in the Fridge? The first one, Sponge Cake, is a novel. And it's about a middle school bake sale set in New England. And it was a lot of fun to write. And I think it's going to be fun for everyone to read so go check that out what's in the fridge is mostly nonfiction, uh, mostly motivational spiritual inspirational um, and then it's also some pop culture and short stories in there as well so that one's a lot of fun and that also has a starfish on the cover so a little connection there to the podcast i also have a blog called the goat one.blogspot.com i have a website chrisTheAuthor.com. And before I go any further, I'd like to say share the podcast, share A Star is Born with a friend, a family member, a co-worker. Next time you're at the water cooler, let them know. Let them know what's what. A Star is Born. It's, it's on the up and up. It's on the up and up. It's on the come up. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Chris the Author 8 and Instagram, Chris Arneson 8. And I'd also like to plug... Uh, just going for a walk. Go for a walk. Uh, maybe you're walking right now while you're listening to this, but if you haven't done it for a while, go get some fresh air. Go for a walk. Throw some earbuds in if you want. Listen to some music. Listen to a podcast. I just think it's good for everyone to get fresh air every once in a while. So I want to plug that, okay? And I think before we get into Melissa McCarthy's IMDb, which is, if you didn't know, that's what A Star is Born, um, that's what this show's all about. We... <clears throat> Excuse me. We dig through the stars uh, IMDb page and we talk about their filmography, everything they've been in, all that good stuff. But before we do that, I'd like to say that each episode, each week, we have a different state, and this week's state is Illinois, and that's because Melissa McCarthy happens to be from Plainfield, Illinois, which is near Chicago. And I think that's just a fun name for a town, Plainfield. It sounds kind of like the town from the Truman Show or something. Maybe some other, um, who's Truman Show? That's uh, Jim Carrey. I was going to say some other Tom Hanks movie. Um, no, another Chicago, Illinois-related thing. This, this is a current event, actually. I feel like I, I don't have to address this, but I'm just interested enough 
I guess just in the whole thing, it's, it's just such a crazy story that I think I have to say something. The Jesse Smollett, um, he's a star in Empire. Never, never seen the show, but he had this crazy story. I'm sure you've heard about it. I mean, it's going. It's the big news right now, February 26, 2019. But Jesse Smollett, he like apparently he got like attacked by a couple guys, and he said they were like. Um, yeah, he, he said they were mega guys and they were just like hateful and racist or something. And he had this whole story about getting attacked and then everyone, and then found, everyone found out that it was a hoax, but now apparently or well, allegedly a hoax because Mark Garrigus is his lawyer. Uh, Mark Garrigus, I know him from Adam Carolla, um, that universe, um, so yeah, he's representing Jesse Smollett. So, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, that, I'm, I just think that's such a crazy story that if he actually did fake it, then it's just kind of sad that people are doing that kind of thing just to get more famous or more money or something. I don't know why anyone would want to do that, but it's crazy. Um, before we get any further, oh yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to, I've talked about them pretty much every episode, the Sports Quotient. Uh, they're actually going to be coming to an end here. So if you're listening to this right now, uh, near February 26, 2019, and it hasn't already come to an end, uh, go go to the Sports Quotient because I have over 100 articles that I wrote for them. So lots of good stuff there that you can read. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go check that out. Okay. All right. Uh, every episode we do an NBA update. So this week's NBA update I just want to address the whole Jordan versus LeBron phenomenon, uh, conversation, debate, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think, in my humble opinion, LeBron is the better all-around basketball player. He's more talented, more, I don't know, he's just more of like, more of a better athlete, for sure. And Jordan, Jordan has, he has more legendary, he has more lore to him, like the the name Michael Jordan will always mean more than LeBron's name. I mean, just in sports, I think in sports, the name Michael Jordan is the biggest name in the history of, of sport. So he'll always have the legendary status, but I think LeBron has him on the like the basketball skills. Although people compare LeBron to Magic a lot more. And Jordan's kind of, Jordan's definitely more clutch. He's definitely got more of that that killer instinct, that clutch gene, if you will. I don't know, LeBron's kind of lacking that sometimes. He's had some big shots, like he had that big buzzer beater, th- like three-pointer, was it a bank shot against the Magic back in like 09 or something? That was that was one of my more memorable LeBron moments for me. Um, yeah, so that's what I think about that. I think LeBron's better, but Jordan's going to be always remembered for being more legendary, probably probably remember for being better <laughs> if you're wondering what i think about that if you want my bat my basketball expert opinion um and yeah nba is kind of heating up right now too post all-star break um the warriors are i think the warriors will probably win the western conference that's my prediction right now and will the lakers speaking of lebron will the lakers make the playoffs or will the kings sacramento kings edge them out that's gonna be super fun to to see that. And speaking of the NBA, um, I wanted to talk about a couple of breakout NBA players because I consider Melissa McCarthy a breakout actor because she had her breakout role. I keep saying breakout. 
in Bridesmaids. Uh, you all remember that? A super groundbreaking, earth-shattering, just movie that completely changed changed the movie landscape, I think. It had that all-female cast that was awesome, so funny. Uh, along with Melissa McCarthy, a couple SNL studs, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. But yeah, that was a great movie. If you haven't seen Bridesmaids, I'll talk about it later when we get into her IMDb, but definitely check that one out. Got it on DVD at home. Have that one on DVD for many years. <laughs> no, one, no one even watches DVDs anymore, though, but I still like DVDs. They're like the new VHS. But a couple NBA breakout players are Zach Levine, and he's from Bothell, Washington. He went to my high school. So I'm playing high school. He was a couple years younger than me, though. So he was a sophomore when I was a senior. So but he still like averaged like 31 points per game when you when he's a sophomore. So that's all you need to know about Zach. And he was on my low league team as well. And we all we all thought he, this kid might go to the NBA. He's that he was that good at basketball at that time. And yeah, he just always practiced. He, he practiced with his dad for for. Many like I just always remember his dad being on the sideline and just training him for <laughs> many hours every day. I'm I'm sure they they practice together a ton. I bet. But anyway, <laughs> get off track there. Uh, speaking of Zach, though, his old teammate Carl Anthony Towns Towns Cat, as he's known. I have a little story about him. Him and Zach actually came in to AMC Woodenville. When I was working there, as you know, I've talked about it a lot. I worked at AMC Woodenville in 2016. And yeah, Zach and Towns came in and they saw Suicide Squad. So that was right at the end of my my stint with AMC. But I thought that was pretty. I like I looked at him and it was definitely Towns because he's, he's about 6'11", 7 foot. So there's no mistaking him. It's, it's hard to hide as an NBA player when you're that tall. Um... Yeah, so that's my town story. I'm wearing my Oisel Starry Mountain Stretchy Meshy Ball Cap right now. My good old podcast cap. Ready to go. Got that. Check, check. I think now's a good time to say, okay, here's something interesting. So I heard recently, this is totally random, but there was an article written by technology, by like a robot and I just want to say that that's super weird that like things are being written by robots now and there's probably going to be podcasts. What if there's a podcast by a robot? Would you ever listen to that? I don't think I would ever I don't think I would ever listen to a podcast by a robot. It seems like it'd be kind of kind of boring, kind of straightforward, just not very interesting, not not human enough, you know. It's all about that <laughs> Podcasts are all about the human element, I think. Just the things I remember most from podcasts are, are the thing like super controversial things between the guests when, when they have a big disagreement or something. Or maybe when someone like says something like they mess up or something, or there's just a superhuman moment. And those are the best parts about podcasts. And I don't think you would have that with a with a robot podcast. What would a robot podcast be called? It'd be called I podcast, like the movie I Robot, but I podcast. There we go. Okay, or that would actually probably be the Apple. That's the Apple podcast. Is I podcast. Okay. Um, speaking about my blog, 
thegoat1.blogspot.com. I wrote a little thing called Who Won Bridesmaids on there. It's an old post, a few, few months old, um, probably from summer 2018. So you can go go check that out. Um, Bridesmaids, uh, Melissa McCarthy connection there. Um, oh, I think now's a good time to do something that I did last episode, or the last couple episodes, actually. I've been reading my mom's recipes from this old Maywood cookbook that I have in my room for some reason. So I'm going to go ahead and do that right now. This one's a slow cooker cranberry pork roast. A recipe from my mom in the Maywood Hills cookbook. Maywood was the elementary school I went to. So here we go. One, two and a half to three pound boneless rolled pork loin loin roast. One 16-ounce can jellied cranberry sauce, one half cup sugar, one half cup cranberry juice, one teaspoon dry mustard, one quarter teaspoon ground cloves, two tablespoon cornstarch, two tablespoon cold water, salt to taste. And here's the explanation. Place pork roast in a slow cooker in a medium bowl, mashed cranberry sauce, stir in sugar, cranberry sauce, mustard, and cloves. Pour over roast. Cover and cook on low for six to eight hours or until meat is tender. Remove roast and keep warm. Skim fat from juices. Measure two cups, adding water if necessary, and pour into a saucepan. Bring to a boil over medium to high heat. Combine the starch and cold water to make a paste. Stir into gravy. Cook and stir until thickened. Seasoned with salt. Serve with sliced pork. Yield four to six servings. And that is that. So if you want to make the slow cooker, if you got a slow cooker in the kitchen that you got for Christmas a few years ago, you haven't used it yet, your grandma gave it to you, and you want to make a cranberry pork roast, go ahead and I think you should do that. Um, oh, a Calypso update. So Calypso is David Sidaris's book. David Sidaris, one of my favorite authors. I'm reading it right now, and I'm still on page 212. I have not had the chance to read any of that since yesterday so maybe this afternoon a little later i'll get into that okay cross that off the list and the old trusty old yellow legal pad or buck slip um oh here's something interesting i want to talk about so um, i wanted to i was listening to joe rogan and they were talking a lot about sasquatches are sasquatches real this was the dave foley uh, I can't remember the other dude's name, but that episode came out, what, February 25th, 2019? So, yeah, they were talking about Sasquatches, Yetis, um, all that Loch Ness Monsters, aliens, and that stuff's super interesting to me. And they said this one story about a lady who apparently had a hexagonal scoop taken out of her shoulder from an alien, allegedly. <laughs> so I just thought that's so so crazy like such an interesting intense story that it seems like you almost couldn't make that up because because then she showed the person it may have been dave foley that said this uh she showed him the hexagon scoop and it was real it was it was right there so i mean i believe in i definitely believe in aliens definitely believe in ghosts i think ufos are legit I think, but I I think the less believable ones, in my opinion, are the Loch Ness monster, and Yeti, the abominable snowman, and Sasquatch. 
I think those are, if I had to rank the likeliness of those three, I'd say Sasquatch, then Loch Ness Monster, then Yeti. For some reason, I think, for some reason, I think Yeti, the big snowman is the least, the least likely. I do like Jack Frost though. That was, Jack Frost was a super scary movie for me growing up. I think, I think that's Michael Keaton. So we'll probably get into that in the Michael Keaton episode of A Star is Born. Um, but yeah, I think that's my two cents on that. And speak, this is kind of related to what I was just saying. So what would my travel show, my tra- travel channel show be? If I could have a travel channel show, I think it would be probably castle related. And oh man, I just, I'm very interested. In, <laughs> I got so excited there. I, I like castles. I think, and It'd be interesting to see what's a castle like in Europe versus like South America versus, you know, like Africa versus Canada versus Mexico. They could all have different versions of castles. And yeah, I think ever like they could have different definitions for the word. Even I could get in that in my show and I would call it. What would I call it? The Burger King. <laughs> there we go. The Burger King. All right happy i just discussed that and here's one um so i just talked about i've been talking about western washington university i've been giving them a lot of shout outs on the podcast so here's another little addendum to my sock story um it's not really a sock story but i got a pair of socks from my friend brett when i visited him at western i talked about that maybe last episode and Speaking of socks, right now I'm wearing my fish skeleton socks. Uh, I think it was last episode that I went through. Yeah, that was that was yesterday. I went through all my socks. So if you're interested, if you love socks, definitely listen to episode seven of A Star Is Born. If you haven't listened to that yet, Nicholas Cage, or if you like Nicholas Cage. But anyway, I'm getting way off track here. <laughs> this train is getting off the off the rails. Um, so, yeah, I visited Brett at Western. This was January of 2017. We actually re- recorded a little podcast at his sister's, um, like, little apartment or house. Um, yeah, we were watching It's Always Sunny. We, we were watching an episode of It's Always Sunny while recording the podcast. That was pretty That was pretty cool. Like, maybe I'll have to do that sometime. I don't know. Now, I, I think I, I like being able to focus and... It's, it'd be too hard to try to watch something while I'm doing this, <laughs> trying to multitask. But yeah, we made a, a terrible podcast where I don't, we probably there's probably a ton of dead air and we probably weren't talking a lot. And just <laughs> I don't know if you could hear it's always sunny in the background, but if you could, then that's probably a copyright violation for sure. <laughs> but I mean, he likes podcasts a lot too. So if you're listening to this right now, shout out Brett. Um, but anyway, we were. Yeah, I wanted to say, we we walked to Little Caesars. That's like a specific memory I have. I think it was cold because it was January. It was dark. And for some reason, I don't know why we didn't drive, but we felt necessary. It must have been close enough that we could walk. But that's just a funny place, I thought, for us to... <laughs> why would we Why would we want to walk to Little Caesars? If we were going to walk, go somewhere... Somewhere better than Little Caesars. No, no offense, Little Caesars. If you want to sponsor the podcast, if you want to sponsor A Star is Born, let me know. Hit me up on t- 
Twitter, Instagram, Little Caesars. Um, but yeah, this is the Illinois episode of Stars Born. So I want to talk a lot of Chicago. Speaking of Chicago, give a little shout out to Daniel Van Kirk. Daniel Van Kirk. Um, I saw him live. I talked about this already. Uh, I saw him live with my dad in November of this past year in Seattle at a little place called Central Cinema. And yeah, that was just a super fun show. I remember he did this clapping thing at the beginning of the show where he just started to slow clap and he just got the whole audience to join in with him. And that was, that was, a, I don't know, that was just an awesome thing. I thought I loved how everyone joined in with him, but yeah, he's got a couple podcasts to give a shout out to Pen Pals with Rory Scovo, Dumb People Town with the Sklar Brothers and his podcast is called Hindsight. So listen to those. DVK is super funny. Um, speaking of Seattle, or not Seattle, uh, sh- Chicago. Seattle's on my mind because right now I'm wearing my Nelson Cruz navy blue Seattle Mariners. Number 23 on the bottom left, kind of on the ribs here. Um, yeah, Mariners jersey. I love it. I love Mariners. <laughs> I can't get over it. Speaking about the Mariners, before I talk about Chicago a little more, I think now is a good time to do the Mariners update because it's actually pretty exciting. They're playing right now against the Texas Rangers. This is spring training, bottom of the third. Mariners are up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> spring training. The, the dude who's super into the team, the, he watches every spring training game and he gets very into it. Yes. one nothing. bottom third. Okay, so we'll check in on that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I was just talking about Chicago and Chicago. I have a question for y'all. Maybe we'll throw up a Twitter poll. Is Chicago the best movie city? That's like, cause as you guys know, I've talked a lot about it a lot. Ferris Bueller day off is probably my favorite movie. Love Ferris Bueller. And it's also the breakfast club is there. And I'm sure there's a ton of other, I think blues brothers is there and there's a ton of movies in Chicago and it's just a good, it's a good, like, environment. I don't know. There's something about it that's, it's fun. It's diverse. It's, because you can go, like, suburbs. Or you can go, like, south side of Chicago. Completely different. <laughs> like, Ferris Bueller versus, like, I don't know. I don't know some, some movie about south side of Chicago. But, um, anyway. It's a, it's a cool city. I haven't been there since the Midwest baseball trip, uh, 07. So... I'd love to go back. I want to go back soon. Um, here's what's something I can talk about before I get into the actual show. Okay, here we go. We'll do... Um, oh, yeah, I usually let you guys know what's going on with the weather. So it's been super sunny today. I wore my sunglasses this morning when I went to the gym. But as we still have about a foot of snow on the ground. And the roads are the roads are doing okay, though. I mean, not that I'm not driving, but... The roads are, look okay, and yeah, that's the Pullman. I'm over here in Pullman, Washington, across the street from Washington State University, my alum. Um, sitting in my apartment, looking out the window right now. Yeah, looking at a couple other apartments. And the Palouse, the beautiful Palouse, covered in snow. Uh, it was pretty cool this morning when I was riding the exercise bike. I saw a couple people, I don't know what they were doing, like cross-country skiing maybe? Or snowshoeing or something, but just on the giant... If you don't know what the Palouse is, it's just these rolling hills of 
wheat and now it's covered in snow right now but it was a pretty cool view just seeing these guys or girls or gals um just snowshoeing out there just doing it because they were on the top of a hill so i thought they could have easily just slid down it but they were they were trudging it they were <laughs> i don't know what they were doing so here's something i wanted to talk about because this is interesting and I've talked a lot about me visiting Montana with my family because uh, my grandparents live there and most of my mom's side of the family is in Great Falls, Montana. So I just had this distinct memory. This one time, I was probably like five or something or seven or something, but we were in a, our minivan. Our family used to always rock the minivans. Um, and I <laughs> I remember, I, I think I, it was me, I urinated in an extra large Taco Bell soda cup and then... It was all snowy outside because we were stuck in traffic. So that's why I had to do it because I had to go to the bathroom so bad that there was traffic, believe it or not, on the way home from Montana, just in the middle of the freeway because I think it was construction based, but there was also a ton of snow on the roads. So it could have been a combination, but I peed in an XL Taco Bell cup and then we threw it out the window of our, um, what was probably a Chrysler minivan at the time, maybe... We brought the Chrysler, then the Toyota, Toyota Sienna. Um, okay, so check that off the list. Um, what's this say? Wake up, wake up party. Or, oh, yes, <laughs> I'm having trouble reading my own. I wrote so much on this pad that I can't even re read it. So I have these leggings that remind me. They're like Under Armour leggings, you know? They remind me of last... Last spring when I was intern at Covington Parks and Rec, and I, for some reason I was being crazy. I was going to bed. I was going to bed early, but I was waking up at like 2 a.m. for some reason, and just like <laughs> like writing in my journal and like listening to podcasts and watching TV and like sitting, like laying on my yoga roller thing. If you don't know what their yoga rollers are, they're the foam. It's like a long piece of foam that you lay on it with your back, and it feels... It's really good. If you got a bad back, you should definitely check out the yoga foam roller. But yeah, I just have a distinct memory of just being in my, I would go in the TV room. We got a TV room in like the far side of our house at home in Bothell. And uh, yeah, I would just go in there and just like throw the TV on mute on like maybe Jersey Shore or something and listen to like the Burtcast and <laughs> just lay in my, I don't know what I was doing, but I was, I was writing, I was filling up my journal, that's for sure. And I would definitely be wearing those, uh, Under Armour leggings. So that's what, that's why that memory hops to mind. Um, I think now's a good time to do something I was doing last episode. Actually every episode, pretty much. I've been reading the truth, the truth about writing. I've just been reading little pieces of it. So here we go. It's just a book, a, a book of quotes. If you're interested, check it out. A writer's life is not designed to reassure your mother. Rita Mae Brown. <laughs> if you have any young friends who aspire to become writers, the second greatest favor you can do to them is to present them with copies of The Elements of Style. The first greatest, of course, is to shoot them now while they're ha while they're still happy. <laughs> Dorothy Parker. That's funny. Um, viol violence is not funny. <laughs> Give the reader at least one character he or she can root for. Kurt Vonnegut. That's just logistical good advice. Breathe in experience, breathe out poetry. Muriel Rukeser. An opening line should invite the reader to begin the story. It should say, listen, come in here. 
you want to know about this. Stephen King. Like I said, never really got into the old Stephen King, but I saw it in theater, so and it what do you guys think about it? It was it was alright. Um oh something random I wanted to say. Super random. The Alliance Football League. It's going on right now. It's a brand new football league. It's got eight teams. And I just wanted to say, like, I just wanted to just bring it up and say, I think that's really weird, really interesting, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't really like the idea of another knockoff NFL football league. Like, there doesn't need to be more, like, head injuries, more CTE. They're trying to prevent that, aren't they? Why are we, why are we coming up with more football leagues? We're just... We're hurting, we're hurting them more, we're hurting these guys more, you know, like, come on, uh, um, that's my two cents, um, as you know, each week we do a different Simpsons episode, because I'm a huge fan of the Simpsons, and this week's episode is called The Boy Who Knew Too Much, season 5, episode 20, and original air date, Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, 1994, so why I chose this episode the connection to Illinois and Melissa McCarthy, who's the star of the episode, we'll get back to her, um, is because Abraham Lincoln shows up in this. And as you all know, excuse me, Abraham Lincoln is from Illinois. I think I actually, we may have stopped at his house and done a tour of it. I came in to remember for some reason. We, we may have done a tour of it in the Midwest baseball trip back in, this, it was a long time ago, back in 07. Um, that went on with my cousin and grandma to uh, yeah Minnesota, Milwaukee, Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City. We may have done a tour of the Abe Lincoln House in, what was that, Springfield? Um, on our way from Chicago to St. Louis. I, I think we did. For some, We also stopped at, I also remember stopping in Columbia, Missouri, where uh, University of Missouri is. Um, for some reason, I distinctly remember that for some reason. I think we stopped at a rest, rest area. Oh, speaking of rest areas, oh, I'm going to save that for next episode. That's a little teaser for next episode. We'll have a fun story about a rest area. But this episode, I'm talking right now about The Simpsons, and I'm talking about The Boy Who Knew Too Much, uh, and Abe Lincoln. And Abe Lincoln showed up in Bart's Daydream. Him and Huckleberry Finn were on a raft going down a river in Springfield. Hey, that's kind of funny. Springfield, just like Abe Lincoln's from. Um, so yeah, that's a connection to the to the uh, the old episode there. Um, still bottom third there in the Mariners. Let, let me just throw out the first credit of Melissa McCarthy's IMDb, just so we can say we kicked off this show after the after first bit. Here we go. Nineteen ninety seven. She's in the Jenny McCarthy show. She plays Melissa for one episode. Um, yeah, Jenny McCarthy. Isn't she like anti-vaccinations or some some weird stuff like that? Uh, is she is she married? I think Jane McCarthy was married to someone famous too. I can't remember who. Um, oh, I, I, another thing I wanted to say, I want to circle back around, do a U-turn right here, go back to that Simpsons episode. It was that episode, the basis of it was that Bart skipped school and then he was, for some reason, he was eating at a fancy restaurant and... There's this super New England, like, JFK guy who, who kept saying, like, the waiter was saying, like, chowder, 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 for chow. He was trying to say chowder. And the, the New England guy kept saying, he's like, it's pronounced chowder. 
he's like chowder 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 and the the waiter was like french and he kept saying chowder and i just thought that was so that's hilarious is because the new england guy is not pronouncing it correct either he's saying chowder he's not saying i mean who knows what the correct i guess it's it's up to you what the correct pronunciation is but i I just thought that was hilarious um speaking montana I had super fun time. I just wanted to give a shout out. Um, it, my cousin Darren and a couple of his kids and their friends or something. We were paintballing. <laughs> just like in Montana, you just go out in the woods and just go paintballing. Like you don't go to like a sanctioned like like business. You just go out in the woods and go paintballing. But that's what we did. And I just remember, I was like, all right, I'm just going to run. I'm going to go run away. And then you guys just shoot me. Shoot me, shoot me in the back. So, But I'm all bundled up in like ski pants and like a big winter jacket. So I'm not, it doesn't hurt that bad when you get hit. But I definitely took a few shots there. And that was, oh, that, that reminds me randomly. We used to all, me and a few friends used to always, <laughs> at, near my elementary school, which I was talking, mentioned earlier, Maywood, Maywood Hills, um, used to always go by, like, there was these cherry trees, and they're, I don't know, I think they were big cherries, and we would have wars where we threw, we hucked them at each other. It, it seems so dangerous looking back at it now, but I can't remember, I think we called them like cherry wars. So that's a little, we would run through the trees and just like throw cherries at each other. And that's what, that's what we saw as a good time. Probably like sixth grade or something. Seems, yeah, man, you could take one of those cherries right to the face. That would hurt. Um, another, oh man, this, this relates to the minivan thing I was just talking about earlier. So we used to have a DVD player in our minivan. And back in fall of 2011, before I transferred to Western, I think I've explained all that. Um, I went first semester of my college. I went to Wazoo, uh, Washington State University. So yeah, fall of 2011. I just remember my mom picking me up and in the minivan and a few of my friends. It was a full car because that's what you used to do when when you were freshman in college, just catch rides home. Because yeah, we were all on the west side, about five hours, five hours from Pullman. But yeah, they, we had a minivan, we had the DVD player, and I sat in the front seat, and my friends sat in the back, and they watched Goodfellas on DVD, and I listened to all of Goodfellas, and I was like, this movie sounds super intense, super violent, super, <laughs> man, maybe like very intrigued. And then one day, not much, probably less than a year later, I tried watching Goodfellas on DVD, because we had one of those old reversible DVDs where the first half's on one side and the second half's on the other side. You remember those? Um, <laughs> I don't know if they still have those anymore. Now when you buy DVDs, if you ever do, or Blu-ray, they give you like three discs. So that's that's how that changed. But they used to have the reversible ones. And I accidentally watched the second half first. Um, and I didn't even realize it because I have no idea. It It just seemed like... The beginning of the second half seemed, for some reason, the way they rolled into it, it seemed like the beginning of, the, of a movie. I, like, I feel like they were like, they set out to trick me or something when they made this. They're like, we're going to trick Chris. <laughs> but I was pretty disappointed in that. Um, all right. A random thing. Just a random, completely random thought that 
had popped my head earlier earlier today. Lava lamps. What happened to lava lamps? Why aren't why aren't those a thing anymore? I mean, maybe they still are. That was a big thing in dorms. <laughs> Remember when everyone had a lava lamp in their dorm room? They had people used to have stereos and microwaves and like a little TV and then like a laptop and then a lava lamp. That's like all you had in your dorm room. <laughs> and then your bed. But that's not that's not even yours. That's the university's. Um, I don't know how I was going to connect this earlier. Or not earlier. What am I saying? I don't know how I'm going to connect this later. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out. Uh, I think I mentioned him. If I didn't mention him earlier. Steven Ungrecht, Uh AMC triple feature. Okay, here's the whole story. I'm talking about this every episode of A Star is Born, so I'm sure you know it by now. If you haven't listened to the first seven episodes, stop this right now and just go back and listen to those seven. And then come back, because I won't go anywhere. But the Anthony Triple feature, this is legendary. It was the year, June 2009. The place, AMC Movie Theater, Woodinville, Washington, where I would go on to work seven years later. And the people... Me and Stephen Ungrick, my old best friend from growing up. So we bought a ticket to the movie Year One, which I talked about in the Paul Rudd episode of A Star is Born. So we bought a ticket. We went to that movie. It wasn't that good. Jack Black and Michael Sarah star in it. And then we made a great decision. We went to The Hangover. Uh, we snuck into The Hangover. Rated R. Um, I mean, the only thing I remember about The Hangover was seeing a commercial for it during the that Super Bowl that year in February and just thinking that this movie is going to be awesome this movie like there was like a chicken and Ed Helms just face down and I think he has a lost lost a tooth and it just looked like a great movie I'm sure a lot of other people saw that and thought the same but it turned out to be one of the best comedies of all time and I, I can't remember what we thought at the time when we saw it. I I think we liked it, but we didn't realize like the gravity of it that it was going to be remembered for being that good. I think we just thought it was like a average good comedy. I I can't remember. But after the Hangover, we went to Land of the Lost, um, which is a Will Ferrell movie, which I talked about in the Will Ferrell episode, the first episode, The Star Is Born. And I talked about The Hangover in the Brody Stevens episode, episode three, um, and Paul Rudd's episode four. But yeah, we went to Land of Lost, and it's based on a TV show from the 80s or something, maybe the 70s. And that was a terrible movie. <laughs> I mean, that's just why, that's why I remember. So it's pretty much a terrible movie sandwich with The Hangover there. And that was the AMC triple feature from 2009 talk about that every episode of stars born so far and let's see we just had the oscars uh maybe later i'll pull up some oscar winners we'll talk about that oh here's something i want to talk about uh the legend of the zebra scooter gang yes you heard that right i was in a scooter gang growing up with my friends uh probably five or six of us this was probably seventh grade and we were called the zebras we even had a we had a hand signal. Um, I, I, I guess you just make a you make a Z with your hands. Just if you imagine doing that, so make a Z with your hands. That's the zebra hand signal. We had a website. I think we made T-shirts even. 
Um, yeah, it was cr- Mitch Vida. Mitchell Vida was the main. He was the main brains and heart behind the and Chris Solar as well. Mitchell and Chris were the two. They're the two leaders of the zebras. Um, and then I think it was Taven and Brian and Kyle. Uh, I think those were the other Brett. Me was probably in it. Um, yeah, those were people in the Z- in the zebra scooter gang. I don't know. Were you guys ever in like a bike gang or scooter gang or <laughs> just just in like seventh grade? You know, just for fun. We just we would just scooter around. We would we'd go to QFC. We'd we'd like bomb down hills. Oh my god, we probably went way too fast down some of those hills. I remember just. I was crazy at the time because I would just squat down so that like my whole body would be right near the ground and then I would just bomb down a hill. Like why would I want to put myself closer to the ground, like closer to falling? I just think that's kind of funny. And then I also remember definitely like falling on my hands. It was probably because like some of the like Mitch, Mitch and Chris were really good at scootering. So they would do like things like tail oh it was called a tail whip when you would whip the whole scooter around jump in the air and whip the whole scooter around and land back on it i could never do one but they would bust those out all the time and they were also really good at jumping down staircases (laughs) i definitely tried it a couple times and i remember specifically one time just complete falling on my hands and completely like taking all the skin just imagine just all the skin off your hand and it's just bleeding probably. And yeah, so that's why I, I didn't really hit up the skate park as much. They would go to the skate park and just go like go ham basically. And I would never really do that. Um, yeah, so that was the scooter gang. That was super fun. Uh, we were, we had some good times. Um, I also want to talk about shooting hoops in the driveway. I would always... This was like a staple of my childhood growing up. We had a basketball hoop in our driveway. And I would maybe every day, definitely like five times a week at least, just for a couple hours. Like my neighbors were probably, I don't know know if they were annoyed or if they got used to the, just the basketball, just bouncing, the constant dribbling, (laughs) bouncing against the pavement, you know. But I remember specifically one time, shooting hoops in the driveway it was night and listening to the adam corolla pod and that was definitely 2009 i think that may have been like the first week of the podcast like because he just had his 10-year anniversary as of as of now um so yeah that, that was like a specific memory for me that just kind of carved out who i am as who i am as a person because as i said listening to these podcasts has had a huge influence on me especially because i've been listening to them for what, 15 years, maybe? Not 15, maybe like 13 years. I probably started in 06 with Douglas movies. And like Comedy Bang Bang was a thing, but probably not that long ago. Um, I'm just ramble, ramble, ramble on about podcasts. But this is a, if you haven't noticed, A Star is Born, this is a podcast for podcast fans, for like podcast diehards. Because I love, I love the kinds of podcasts, like unedited, just completely raw, like off the rails, I don't like like the polished like what's it what's that um the NPR thing like fresh not fresh air but the super polished NPR thing where they do all the segments they do like a million 30 second segments and they just play all these clips and then they talk for like they read a script or something for like 20 seconds and it's all very planned out and very excuse me 
I just like podcasts that are just, I don't know, just like off the top, off, like it's good to, I, I planned out a lot of this. If you can't tell, I, I have my yellow legal pad right here. It's completely full, but it, I, I mean, that doesn't mean this isn't just, I like to have fun too. You know, I can still be like, come be my hero. Can you take me higher? Creed. Creed was a great band. I I remember Human Clay, the the Human Clay covers was especially scary for me. That dude who's like climbing out of the quicksand or mud or whatever. Cuz yeah, I'm sure all of y'all were scared of quicksand just like me growing up. <laughs> What's that one song? Oh my god, have you guys ever thought have you ever thought that you created a song? I the song Every rose has its thorn, just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Every rose has its thorn. Who's that? Is that Poison? I think it's Poison. But when I was at a cabin with my family in Mount Baker, shout out Mount Baker, super cool uh, ski spot. It's east of Bellingham. Western Washington University. Uh, yeah, I was at a cabin there. It was in the winter. It was, I think it was Christmas time, probably like 06, a long time ago. Long time ago. Um, yeah, I, I also remember watching The Transporter, and I think we also watched The Transporter 2 because they had a ton of DVDs there at the cabin and they had all the transporters. But what was I just saying? See, now I just made myself. It's okay. I'm going to keep on moving. We're going to keep on moving. I want to give a shout out to Anchor FM because I'll probably remember it, right? Why was I? I was talking about the cabin. I was talking about the DVD. Oh, yes. Every Rose Has a Thorn. See, it came back right away. That I feel like I'm fish. I feel like I was fishing right there and I just, I caught, <laughs> I just caught something on my fishing hook and then I just reeled it in. So Every Rose Has a Thorn. I thought I created that song. Like I just remember like one morning being like half asleep and like, I mean, just like probably drink some hot cocoa or something. And you know how like cozy a cabin can get. I was probably had like a, one of those fuzzy blankets all around me. And I was sitting by the fire, probably just watched the transporter or transporter two. But <laughs> I thought that I invented, that's also the first time I heard the song Empire State of Mime by Jay-Z. So if that'll give you a timestamp you can look that up and see when that came out and that'll probably tell you when it happened but i thought i invented the song every rose has a thorn so that's a fun story have you guys ever thought you invented a song um yeah so like i was saying shout out to anchor fm for hosting a star is born and for providing me a place giving me the opportunity to um yeah record this and i mean just provide me a place to to put it you know that's I that's like a big part about just like shout out to blog to blogger.com like that's a huge part about about the creative process I guess about about creating art or whatever wherever you want to call it is you need a place to put it so shout out anchor anchor fm and another thing I wanted to say was marathons and triathlons this came up in my head because I was listening to Ben Greenfield uh Ben Greenfield from Spokane He's like this blogger, author, podcaster, super health fitness dude. 
you know, those like health fitness freaks, but he does, or he used to do those Ironman triathlons, which I think is the one in Hawaii. And that just made me think, would I ever do a marathon or a triathlon? I honestly don't think I'll ever, I, I, I'm like, I'm a big, I used to be a big runner. I used to do cross country. So it seems like something right up my alley, but I don't think that's, it just doesn't motivate me. Like that's not something that, I don't know. For some reason, that's something that's never been interesting to me. It never intrigued me. So I don't think I'll ever really, not that I'm not motivated. Like I like working out. I like shooting hoops. My main, my workouts, I like playing basketball. I like playing basketball and then I'll ride the exercise bike and watch some TV or something. But, yeah, the whole marathon, triathlon, I, I just don't feel like I'm something I need to accomplish. Because I think a big reason why people do that stuff is just so they can tell people. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. How, how much is that of what people do anything? Like, anything you do is part of this so you can tell people about it. But I think a big part about doing a marathon or triathlon is <laughs> you, want, you want to brag about it or something when you're drinking those. What's the Michelob Ultra? That's the, the beer for athletes. But another random thing, I want to say, I think Crest Crest toothpaste, completely random here. Crest toothpaste is better than Col- Colgate. That's just my humble opinion. I have both of them, a half full tube of both of them for some reason sitting right here. And I tried, I tried it this morning. I did, first I had Crest, and then I put some Colgate in, and crest is way better so let you guys i wanted to let you guys know about that little field experiment that i did that little study (laughs) okay science experiment um so let's see what else do i got on this yellow legal pad yeah big thing i want to talk about was the virginia wedding of 2014 which was the wedding of my cousin cousin brett uh on my dad's side uncle uncle steve i talked about uncle steve a lot the author Check him out on Amazon, Steve Arneson. But yeah, that's he's my dad's brother, and Brett's his son, along with Matt. Matt's the dude I went on both the baseball trips with. But anyway, I went to with my whole family to Richmond, Virginia, to go in, uh, what was this, August of 2014. And we went to Brett's wedding, and that was an amazing experience. And I'll tell you about that in a second. But first, I'll give you one more credit of Melissa McCarthy. So here we go. She was in a short called God. She plays Margaret. Oh, this is fine. I'll give you one more. She's in <laughs> 1999. She's in Go, Sandra. Okay, so she's in something called God. Then she just lops off one letter, chops off one letter, and then she's in Go. I heard Go was a good movie too, but I've heard a lot of good, like, heard a lot of good things about Go. go. Uh, but yeah, I'll tell you about the Virginia wedding now. So it was a crazy wedding. Oh my gosh, the craziest wedding I've ever been to. <laughs> like I have a specific memory, just an image of my cousin was dancing on one of the tables. So imagine like it was that like off the hook, like off the chain. Like we were <laughs> we were going crazy. I, I remember this old dude. Uh, he wasn't old. He was like 40 or something. But he was just classic. Like he was from Mississippi. And I think he was, I don't know if he was related to my cousin Brett's wife, like their side of the family, but he, he was just classic, like Southern, like he was drunk. He, I think he was drinking like a scotch or something. And he was stirring this giant pot of stew 
I think it was had some seafood in it as well. There's probably a specific name for it that I can't think of right now. Oh, jambalaya. That, it, that was it. It was jambalaya. But yeah, this guy was a big fan of Ole, Ole Miss, Ole Miss football, and it was August, so we were we were talking about that because yeah, you know, football season coming up then. And yeah, just like I think he had like a tie, like an, an undone tie, like around his neck, just like hanging around his neck, and just holding a scotch in one hand, and then holding a giant ladle in the other, and just stirring this jambalaya, and just spitting game about Ole Miss football, <laughs> just talking trash. And yeah, I, that was a funny memory. Um, so that was during the wedding. Also, so yeah, we had the cousin dancing on the table. That was crazy. That was near the end of the wedding. We were when everyone started going nuts. And then we ended up going to a bar in downtown Richmond. <laughs> and I just remember my brother for some reason. He's just it was it wasn't like a serious thing. I think it was inspired by it's always sunny. But he just slapped me in the face. Like if you ever just like take like a good slap in the face i must have been like talking crap or some talking trash or something but i took yeah so that <laughs> oh man that's just such a funny memory it was because i just distinctly remember taking a slap in the face from my brother for some reason i don't know <laughs> oh man but um we also went to right when we t- came to town we went to a minor league baseball game the flying squirrels that's what they're the richmond flying squirrels it's a funny mascot but i remember the mascot being super like animated and just dancing i mean mascots dance but this flying squirrel mascot was he was going he's going nuts oh i didn't even mean to do that going nuts um i also smoked a cigar after the wedding or yeah, near the end of the wedding, before we went to the bars in downtown Richmond, before my brother slapped me. <laughs> but uh, I, gosh, I do not smoke cigars. That's the thing. Not a fan at all. And I didn't. I probably only took like four puffs of it. But that just made me feel really made my stomach feel real real good. And yeah, this was my first our first ever experience in the South. So that was pretty fun because I've never been to. I went to. Orlando and Tampa, Tampa Bay with my family when I was six. So I don't really remember too much from that trip. And then we went to Texas back in 03 when I was, what, 10. But I don't really, I mean, we went to a Texas Rangers game and that was for, what, that was for my cousin's, someone's wedding. I can't even remember off the top right now. But, oh yeah, that was, yeah, that was one of my cousins, one of my cousin's weddings. But yeah, we were in Dallas, Texas, Arlington, uh, maybe Fort Worth. But yeah, so that's not really the South, though. I don't consider Texas the South. I consider the South like, not even Florida. Florida is its own thing, too. The South is like North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. Um... But even Richmond, even Southern Virginia, you would consider the South because it's very Southern there. And I remember we went in to this place. <laughs> I just want to say this place looked like from the beginning of a horror movie. There was this old dude just sitting on a rocking chair just in the corner. Just I don't know if he he didn't work there, but he may have been holding a newspaper or something or like a pamphlet or something. <laughs> So I don't know, but he was he was really spooky, and we had some hush puppies. That was the first time I've ever tried hush puppies. It's a delicious dessert. Uh, I don't even know what they are, but 
yeah, in that scary horror, horror movie place, um, <laughs> Cabin in the Woods, check it out, my favorite horror movie, I also remember watching PTI, Pardon the Eruption, in a cocktail bar, like a very nice cocktail bar in downtown Richmond, I think by the river, because there's like a, there's a really nice river walk there, if you haven't, if you haven't been to Richmond, Richmond's a, it's a cool town, but we, we went to the Confederate Museum, <laughs> and that was kind of, a, that was just like a weird experience, like I don't know how I felt about that, I mean, it's history, it is history, but it was definitely kind of weird seeing, I don't know, just like being, being around all that, <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't know how else to say it, it was just, it was just kind of weird being, going to Confederate Museum, giving them money, <laughs> but there, there's that whole there's a bunch of controversy. I'm not even going to talk about the statues. <laughs> That's not what A Star is Born. A Star is Born is not that kind of podcast. <laughs> it's not that serious. I'm, I'm goofing. I'm goofing around over here in Pullman in my apartment. It stopped snowing. It's clear out there right now. But no, the sun went away as well. It's actually pretty cloudy. Cloudy and snowy out there in Pullman. Oh, and another funny thing about the Virginia wedding is I wanted to go I wanted to go to North Carolina really bad cuz I think it must not have been very far it must have been only like 100 miles or something but I don't know I'm really interested in getting all 50 states cuz my dad's been to all 50 states and I've been to more than half so that's like something I'm excuse me cuz I used to be like a big collector of stuff like I would collect baseball cards and CDs and just rant like books and movies and random stuff, but collector of states as well. And I wanted to go to North Carolina, so I definitely remember like complaining about that when we were swimming in the hotel pool or sitting in the hot tub. But yeah, I'll get to North Carolina someday. I'll go to go to like a UNC Duke game. That's definitely on my bucket list, on the old buried life bucket list. I'll I'll bring that. Actually, I'll grab that right now. I got this book, the buried life book, sitting right here. I've been. I've been reading intermittently, reading little bits and pieces of it, just stuff that people want to do on their bucket list. So I want to foil a robbery, be the hero, shake hands with the mayor, smiley face. <laughs> That's a good one. And there's a picture of a gun with an extra and then a key to the city. Before I die, I want to meet the New York City police officer who delivered me in my parents' bathroom because there was no one, no time to get me to the hospital. Dang, that sounds like a movie scene. Maybe, wow, that's a, that's a, I was going to say that sounds like a Nicolas Cage character, but this isn't the Nicolas Cage episode. This is the Melissa McCarthy episode. So it could be Melissa McCarthy, who's the police officer who delivered, <laughs> the, I mean, whatever. You could be anyone, New York, the New York City police officer. Man, that sounds intense. Wow. Could you imagine if you're having a baby and you couldn't get to the hospital and then just some random cop, some random police officer I mean, you trust more than the average citizen, though, but you're like, hey, you, you <laughs> deliver, deliver my baby. I mean, wow, that's such a big responsibility to have, you know. Um, I think now is a good time for me to go ahead and read you one more credit, and then I'll check on the Mariners game. Uh, 2000, Drowning Mona. She plays Shirley. Never heard of Drowning Mona. It sounds like a sad book, though. Okay. Oh yeah, they're playing the Rangers too, so that's a little connection to the the old Texas wedding I was just talking about. I can't remember if I was I may have been the ring bearer at that wedding. 
I may have been the ring bear. Uh, so don't don't quote me on that. So bottom fifth, it's one to one now. One to one. Okay, Mariners Rangers. There we go. We'll check in on that in a little bit. Uh, I'll read you one more one more credit. There's a short from 2000 called Automotives. She plays Tawny. Wow, Tawny's a great name. That's a great a great lady name. I like that one. That's underused. You don't see Tawny often enough. Ooh, that's what I'll pull up right now. Right now, I'm gonna go ahead and pull up the 2019 Oscar winners, and I'm sure you already know who they were. Um, but while I'm doing that, I'll talk about while I'm doing that. Hold, hold music. I'll talk about a made it made up music, made up music. <laughs> wow, I'm, it's hard to type while you're talking. Have you ever tried multitasking like that? Uh, made up movie. So Melissa McCarthy's made up movie. Let's make her, let's make her the tough vice principal. So she'll be, she'll be the super tough vice principal, but of a community college. That's a twist. She's like, oh no, she'll be the dean. Melissa McCarthy is the dean of a community college, and she's also the soccer coach. And so it's kind of like a kicking and screaming meets old school. Okay, and we'll call it. We'll call it. We'll call it pass. No, I I did pass or hail already. That was the substitute teacher weather one. I can't. Remember. Wow, what episode was that? Go back and listen to that one. We'll call this one. <laughs> goals goals and goals spelled goals goal for goal goal for goal there we go go for goal goal for goal <laughs> wow it's probably fun this is good pod lets me struggle through this goal for goal um you know like because she's a she's the dean of students so she has to motivate them to have goals but then she's also the soccer coach so they're going for soccer goals as well. Okay, happy we we, we struggled. I, I doggy paddled through that one, but we made it. We made it out on the other side of the river. So we forded that river of made-up movie. I can cross it off the list with my orange marker. And here we go. The best picture winner was Gr- Green Book. The that, that was the Fairly Brothers movie. Um, yeah, I don't know much about it. Um, let's see, View All. What what do we have here? Wow, Google's taking me for a for a loop here. Um, so the best original music score, Black Panther. Okay, didn't see it. I I didn't see any. Let's see if I saw any of the best picture nominees. Green Book, nope. Bohemian Rhapsody, nope. But I like I like Wayne's World though. The favorite, nope. Black Panther, nope. Black Klansman, nope. Vice, no. A Star Is Born, no. But I've heard the stars born though, and Roma. No, I didn't see any, any of the best picture nominees. So that lets you know. <laughs> wow, that's that's not good for. That's not good. Um, I don't know. Those are kind of random movies though. So yeah, Black Panther won music score. Let's see, David Rabinowitz won from Black Klansman. I don't even know what he won. Best original screenplay was Green Book. Best sound mixing was Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen movie. Best original song, of course, it was Shallow. I'm on the deep end, watch as I dive in. I'll never leave you. That song's so. The, the trailer, you guys gotta watch the trailer 
First Star is Born. If you haven't seen it, haven't seen the movie, but when that song is in the background and it's and it's heating up and there's that trailer for that movie, oh my goodness, that's great. That gets me so pumped up. Makes me want to go run through a wall, go work out. <laughs> I don't know. You guys ever have those just random like movie trailers or songs or something? I'm sure everyone has that. That stuff that gets them super pumped up. It's just like, oh, I can't even remember how it goes. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Uh, Rami Malek won for Best Actor, Bohemian Rhapsody. He played, what, Freddie Mercury. The dude from Mr. Robot. Um, Best Actress, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. I have not even, I don't even know what The Favorite's about. Best Supporting Actor, Mahersha, Mahershala Ali Greenbook. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, Regina King, If Beale Street Could Talk. Best Animated Feature was the one we talked about yesterday in the Nick Cage episode. Man, listen to it if you haven't. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Best Director was Alfonso Cuaron from Roma. He's the guy who did Gravity, which is... Gravity's okay. I mean, it's kind of... No spoilers. I won't do any spoilers, but... It's intense. It's a, it's a it's a good it's a good movie, and the best documentary feature was Free Solo, and then I'll do one more. Uh, for best foreign language film, Roma. So it looks like Roma did really well. Uh, I'll do one more credit here. Okay, so she was in a TV series in the year two thousand. She plays Molly in DC. That's kind of funny because that's pre uh, Mike and Molly. We'll get to that later. In 2000, she's in Bruce Willis movie The Kid. She plays Sky King Waitress. That reminds me of Sky Mall. I love, love, love. <laughs> it sounds so weird, but I love looking at Sky Mall magazine. But like it didn't used to be in airplanes. Am I mistaken? Which which airline was that? Don't fly often enough to be up on my Sky Mall. Um, oh yeah, of course. What, what am I talking about? It's in the. I never see. I never even broke it down like that. It's it's the name of the magazine. Oh my god, I'm so I'm so dumb over here. <laughs> I'm so, I did not even think about it like that. The name of the magazine is Sky Mall. Gosh, I'm I'm silly. All right, so something else I wanted to talk about was. This was Halloween of 2017. There was a, I was, so this was for my sport management major. Um, we had to go to, we had to put on an events. We put on our event with the Gleason Foundation. Steve Gleason, um, he got, I, I can't remember how he got hurt. It may have been a football play, but he had like a neck injury or something. And when he played for Wazoo, he went to Wazoo. That's the connection. Played for the New Orleans Saints. I think he had a neck injury and then ended up in a wheelchair and yeah now there's a foundation so we did our event for the steve gleason foundation it was a it was like a pass it was a passing like people would try to throw a football at target like 15 yards maybe so yeah that was super fun we got to meet steve gleason's mom that was cool but why was i just saying that oh yes so one event we had to also go to a couple of our other classmates events so one of them I went to was the Neon Mini Golf event at the, what's that? It's like the Cougar Gaming Center. It's in downtown Pullman. 
uh, I would give them a shout. I can't remember. It's like an arcade slash gaming place. And yeah, they have a neon mini golf. And I spent, I was there about probably about five hours. And I spent most of that time just because they had to have someone standing in the mini golf. And because for some reason you had to patrol that area. So I just spent most of the time just standing there and just coming out momentarily to come check on the Cougar game. Because I think Wazoo was on the road against Arizona State. I think we crushed Arizona State that week on the road. So (laughs) give you a little insight into that. But yeah, that was, for some reason, I just remember the neon, the neon mini golf being like very cool, like very inspirational. Just (laughs) being like, I want to make, because it kind of reminded me of Zombieland. I think there's a scene in Zombieland where they're in something like that. And it also it also reminded me of my friend Evan's birthday party. I talked about this in a previous episode of the Stars Born. Um, when we we went to neon bowling. So that was pretty tough. Like I think it may have been bumpers, but so I didn't get any gutter balls, but I would have gotten a ton of gutter balls. I think I got a lot of gutter balls last time I bowled. <laughs> Bowling's a tough sport to do like once a year. Like, I think it's something that you have to do on a regular basis to be good at, honestly. That's just my two cents. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I spent that Halloween in 2017. Um, one more. Uh, oh, 2000. She's in Charlie's Angels. Did not know that. She plays Doris. I haven't even seen Charlie's Angels, though, so I don't know why I'm surprised. Uh, 2002, she's in Pumpkin. She plays C.C. Pincus. Um, Wow. Looks like that's a Christina Ricci movie. I do not know much about Christina Ricci, but this is not the Christina Ricci episode of A Star is Born. And I don't think we're going to be doing one because I like to know like at least a little something about the actor. I don't think I want to do an episode where I don't know anything. I don't know. Maybe that would be fun. Oh, yeah. Here's something. Just completely random, but something I wanted to mention. Just <clears throat> if you have the chance... Give someone you love a hug. Tell them you love them. Yeah. I just wanted to give a little shout out to that. Um, so 2002, she's in The Third Wheel. She plays Marilyn. 02, she's in White Oleander. She plays Paramedic. What's an Oleander? Oh, that, that makes me think of in high school. We had... <laughs> When the firefighters visited, and the para- they're also paramedics, and they showed us that, like this drunk driving compilation, and they showed us some of the most gruesome, just people who had gotten their like heads ripped off and their arms. Oh my gosh! Like some of the worst images. Like I can actually remember what <laughs> it's terrible, but I can remember an image from it. That's how scarring it was. Like it's. That was that was like the dare. Like remember dare in, in elementary school? I'm sure everyone has some sort some form of this, but it's the uh it's like the anti drugs, like drugs awareness uh campaign program. And yeah, a police officer will come visit you and then you'll do like the drunk goggles. You'll try to walk straight in line with the drunk goggles on and do all sorts of fun stuff. But um yeah, that was kind of like dare to the extreme when we had when the firefighters, the paramedics showed us this image, these images of these people, I mean, who had unfortunately gotten in car accidents and 
Oh my gosh, just thinking about it right now, it's giving me goosebumps. I don't like it. It's scary. Okay. What else we got here? Um Oh yeah. I also another thing from the Virginia wedding. It was when we went to the Flying Squirrels uh baseball game. I just remember they they gave us this is connected to the the drunk. <laughs> they gave us a beer cup that was like 30 ounces or something. Like they had this enormous it just seemed like the biggest size I've ever seen at a baseball game. You know, I don't know why they why they need to have that big of a beer cup. I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, so in '03, the life of David Gale. Uh, she plays Nico, the goth girl. She's in a short in '03. Nico's a weird name for it. Nico's not really a goth name. Like, I think what's a goth a goth girl name would be like Claire or like Rose maybe or Emily seems kind of goth. <laughs> I don't I don't know why, but Nico is kind of like an exotic name. It seems more like it seems more in, like foreign. Not that obviously not that foreign people can't be goth. <laughs> not saying that, but Nico doesn't seem like goth name. That's all I'm saying. I'll I'll try to think of some other goth names throughout the episode, and I'll throw them in there. Like, I don't know, maybe like... Francis. Nah, Francis isn't a goth Nah, that's not a goth name. All right, here we go. Um, In 03, she's in a short called Chicken Party. She plays Tot Wagner. Tot. Never heard that name. 04, she's in a TV series. She plays a saleswoman for one episode in a great TV show that I've seen a bunch of episodes of called Curb Your Enthusiasm from Larry David, the creator of Seinfeld. So if you like Seinfeld, check out the the old Curb. It's on HBO. If you got HBO Go, watch it. And if you don't, make a friend who has HBO Go and then steal their HBO Go information or ask them politely. They'll probably give it to you. So 2002 to 2005, she's in a TV series called, oh, I remember this show, Kim Possible. She plays D.N. Amy for three episodes. So I wonder if she's like a scientist or something because it's like DNA, but Amy. Hmm. Oh, uh, seven. So she has a little break there in action. She's in the nines. She plays Margaret slash Melissa McCarthy slash Mary. How could she play... She plays these characters, but she also plays herself. That's kind of confusing. Um, let's see. Um, Chicago. I'm so I just got Chicago on my mind. I'm thinking Illinois right now. Thinking Illinois. Um, oh yeah, I want to give a little shout out to. I've already, I already had a whole episode for him in honor of him. Um, he passed away sadly. Um, but if you haven't seen him or you don't know who he is. Just search Brody Stevens on YouTube and watch some of his stand-up. Because he's super funny. And he just uh, passed away on... What was that? It was Friday. Um, Friday, February 22nd. And I did an episode about him that night. And it was, yeah, really sad. So I think the only way to honor him is to tell people... Tell people to check out, check out his material and watch the art he's created... Cause that's the best representation of who he was as a person when he was, when he was alive. So, 
Oh, yeah, so here's something random that I want to talk about. Um, I want to just address this. Apparently, I think Joe Rogan mentioned this, uh, Elon has been, Elon Musk has been coming up with some developments for mind reading. And that's just, that's mind-boggling to me. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, why would why would you even want to have the ability to read people's minds? That seems like kind of over the line, like, don't what happened to boundaries you know what happened to, what happened to privacy with our society like and also there's too many crazy people too many wackos out there that i don't want to have the ability to, to accidentally read something that someone's thinking like what if you like read like a super weird thought just by accident and then you're, and then you're stuck with that thought and you you didn't even want it you didn't want to so that's the downside of mind reading the upside I don't know, it's kind of, it's just kind of creepy to me. I don't know, what do you guys think? Maybe, should I throw a Twitter poll up there? Is mind reading good? What do you think? If, if it existed already, I'd be able to just read your guys' minds and just already know what you think, so I wouldn't be asking. All right, 2007, she's in Cook-Off. She plays Amber Strang. Wow, never heard of that movie, but she's a star of it. Okay, here we go. 2000 to 2007, she plays Suki St. James for 153 episodes in Gilmore Girls. One of the greatest names of all time, Suki St. James. That sounds like a sea captain. Suki St. James, that sounds like the owner of a candy shop. Suki St. James, oh my goodness. That's like Forrest Gump. That's like (laughs) Suki St. James is like a Forrest Gump character to me. It's probably like the working title. could be the working title of Forrest Gump. Like I would go so far as to say that, you know. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm excited to talk about Forrest Gump in the Tom Hanks episode, but that's for the Tom Hanks episode. And this is the Melissa McCarthy episode, so we're not going to dive too far into that. Bubba Gump. All right. So she's in a short in 2007 called The Captain. She plays Fran. And yeah, I also want to say that I want to circle back around again. Uh, Gilmore Girls, it's like a show that was always on TV, it seemed like. My little sister watched it, I think. Um, but I never I never really saw it, but I'm not protesting. But <laughs> I mean, it looks it looked good. It's just one of those classic like dramas, kind of set the table for for just all those like ABC family shows. She's in a short in 2007, The Captain. She plays Fran. She's in Just Add Water in 2008. She plays Selma. That sounds like an interesting movie. I'm going to go ahead and click on that movie and see what that's all about. Okay. It's rated R. It's 95 minutes. A comedy romance. An offbeat romantic comedy, <laughs> just said that, about a decent guy, Ray Tuckby, with a dead-end life in the dead-end town of Trona, California, after encouragement from a stranger whom he happens upon. You don't, you don't hear happen as a verb enough. Ray begins to dream again. Wow, so it's a movie about dreams. I love, just a brief tangent here, um, I love the uh that subject as a subject dreams as a subject for movies that's an awesome genre like interstellar is one of my that was one of my favorite movies when i saw it at the time 
not Interstellar, what am I saying? Inception. Inception was one of the best movies ever when I saw it at the time. And we'll talk about that more. I'm sure. We'll probably do we'll probably talk about that a couple times. There's some people in that one. But I love I don't know. Maybe I'll have to write something with maybe I'll have to that that just gives me an idea. Like I like the idea of I'm I guess Freddy Krueger might be my favorite like horror movie character. Like he, like the idea of someone just haunting you in your dreams is has always been like super just intriguing, super like cool. Like I feel like I could write about that for some I don't know. It's, it's something interesting, something spooky about that. Like cuz it seem you seem helpless. That's like when you're most vulnerable is when you're in your dreams, you know. You can't do anything it seems like. Cuz I've never been able to what's it called lucid dreaming like what is that's when people realize that they're in the dream when they're in it and i don't know if i even believe those people like i don't even honestly don't even think it's a real thing like that's how far i because i've never been close to never been close to being able to control my actions and realize that i'm in the dream what that's such a such a spacey dreamy thought but very daydreamy. This is a Star is Born is a, a daydreaming podcast. That's for sure. For sure. I'd be getting that for sure. Um, super bad. McLovin. We'll talk about that. Uh, but yeah, dreams just always, always seemed interesting. And the idea that this is another fun idea that I've heard. I've heard people talk about this. Um, that when you're in other people's dreams, that that they are also like having the same experience you know when like, when you have a friend or like a family member who shows up in one of your dreams that they are also having that dream <laughs> but you like have you guys ever heard that I, I like that theory but then you guys never have the chance to you know you and that person who's in your dream never have a conversation about it so you don't realize that you're both have the same dream i think it's too, i think it's totally plausible and i think it's really exciting um, all right, so here we go. He sheds the, this is the rest of the plot of Just Add Water. He sheds the parasites in his life, musters the nerve t- to pursue his childhood love, and finally takes back his community by topping, toppling the local teenage meth baron. Oh, snap. They waited till the last two words to drop the meth on, <laughs> to drop that meth anvil on my head. And Jonah Hill's in this, and also Justin Long, um, the uh, Mac, the Mac from the, or no, not the Mac, the Apple. He plays the Apple from the Mac commercials, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Right now I'm holding the Complete Life's Little Instruction Book. I've been reading little pieces of advice from this past few episodes. Don't cut corners. Learn to bake bread. Everyone loves praise. Look hard for ways to give to give it to him. Be an original. If that means being a little eccentric, so be it. <laughs> I think this is an old book, too, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see if I can find what year this is from. Because, like, some of these are really outdated. Oh, yes. The first publication was 1991. So just imagine, like, this is 1991. So he doesn't know anything about cell phones or smartphones. or Don't expect bankers to come to your aid in a crunch. Wait, I think I already read that one. That's weird. Be a self-starter. Be loyal. Carry jumper cables. And yeah, I, I read that one too. Wow, where are the odds? Maybe I have to. <laughs> I may have to stop reading this. Have impeccable manners. 
Be kinder than necessary. Avoid negative people. Don't waste time responding to your critics. I like that. I like those those last two. Those are good ones. I'm gonna throw that one aside because because I already read a couple of those ones, so I don't want to have any more re- repeats. Uh, this is another book here. Michael Showalter talked about him a lot in the Paul Red episode because he is the co-writer and he stars in Wet Hot American Summer, which is a Paul Rudd vehicle as well. So he also wrote a book called Guys Can Be Cat Ladies Too, and it's really funny. Here's a little bit from it. What is a cat? Sounds like a silly question, right? But for so many men, it is a legitimate query. We are conditioned from an early age not to ask questions, and for that we pay the price as ignorant, yet curious adults. This book remove, <laughs> removes the stigma and encourages you to ask away. Let's start with the basics. All right, here's one. Um, if you f- Roommate issues. If you followed all the steps so far, your cat should be easing into her new life and making herself comfortable in your shared home. But what do you do if she's making herself a little too comfortable? She's sleeping on your bed. She's hogging the sofa. She's blocking the TV. She's on your computer, physically on your computer. She's using your toothbrush. It's time to lay down some ground rules. Your cat will never pay rent. Although it might seem fair that your cat should at least chip in for all that it receives, the shelter, the food, the toys, the vacations, cats cannot understand the concept of money and don't have a a viable way of earning and saving it. This is one of the big drawbacks of owning a cat, not unlike having a child, and it's just something you're going to have to accept as a mature cat owner. (laughs) Your cat will never clean up. Where you see a messy pile of clothes, your cat sees a perfectly designed bed that smells like the guy who feeds me. Don't expect to come home and find the laundry done. On the plus side, your cat is fully capable of cleaning itself. So take that off your to-do list. That's funny. All right, we'll leave that there. Um, I thought that was interesting that he kept saying she for the cat. Because like, I also used to think that, I used to think cats are she's, cats are girls and dogs are boys. I'm sure a lot of you probably thought that too, because it doesn't seem like that crazy of a of a concept for a, th- a thing for a kid to think, you know? I don't know, right? I, that's seriously. Like, <laughs> you, I sound like I'm making this up, but I seriously used to think that cats are girls, dogs are boys. Okay, so I'm gonna get back to the action here. I'm exiting out of that, and here we go. 2008, Melissa McCarthy stars in. Pretty Ugly People. She plays Becky. 07 to 09 TV show. Samantha who? She plays Dana. Let's see. 09. She's in a TV show called Rita Rocks. She plays Mindy Boone. I'm going to click on Samantha who. And then I'm going to click on Rita Rocks. And we're going to compare them. We'll see how they're different. So Samantha who is a 22 minute show. So half hour Looks like a sitcom, comedy, mystery, romance. A woman suffers from amnesia and is forced to find out who who she really is. So it's kind of like a, it's like a TV show, uh, Jason Bourne, which, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in the Matt Damon episode. But it stars Christina Applegate. What's her name? Veronica Corningstone. And Rita Rocks is, let's see, here we go. It doesn't even say how long the episodes are. It's a comedy. A frazzled worker, a frazzled working mother starts a garage band with her neighbor and a female postal worker. That sounds hilarious. Wow. Reader Rocks wins. All right, we figured that out. 
So 2010, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. I mean, in my opinion, Reed Rocks wins. I don't know. What do you guys? Maybe maybe you think the one where the, I think the one with the garage band with the postal worker sounds super fun. But maybe you think the Jason Bourne girl one sounds fun. That one sounds good too. I'm not talking, I'm not talking trash about Samantha who, wow, I just rhymed. I didn't mean to. <laughs> there we go. That's a little, those are some of the gems you get in a star is born. Oh, I just got that idea. I got to write. I'm going to have to write an original theme song for a star is born. So I'll look forward to that in the next few episodes. Maybe I'm throwing out a big, that's a hefty goal right there. Cause I'm not really a, if you haven't noticed, I'm not really a musician. So 2010 TV series private practice she's lynn lynn mcdonald for one episode that's private practice is one of like those usa shows um kind of like in the castle uh law and order universe um usa characters welcome um yeah <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't have anything to say about it but private practice looks pretty boring that's what i meant that's what i was thinking boston legal you know isn't boston legal what james spader is that the, what, Robert California from the post office Michael years? Or not post office. <laughs> See, I'm, I got post office on my mind. Wow, I'm really losing it over here. I think I need a bite of my um, my uh, trusty sausage biscuit. And in case you're wondering, sausage biscuits are just as good the next day. Just throw it in the microwave and excuse excuse me for one second. I'm not going to chew on the mic. Here we go. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. That was very good. Very, very good. Sausage biscuits are actually better the next day. If you want to sponsor the show, McDonald's, hit me up on Twitter. Hit me on Twitter. Just another night on my own. Sit back as I light up my drum. Just another night alone. I spend another night alone. If you want to find me, hit me on Twitter. Mac Miller. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. Talked about him before. Okay. I'm still chewing this, so. Mm. Excuse me. I'm going to go ahead and drink some water to, for my Red Robin's water bottle to flush it down. The Mac Miller connection. If you guys remember my Mac Miller Red Robin story, if you don't listen to previous episodes of the of the old pod, one second. Mm-mm-mm. That's exactly what I needed. I was dehydrated, and I forgot the number one rule of podcasting: is stay hydrated. But here we go. I'm checking. I'm checking my stuff here. Checking my stuff. Making sure, got my socks on, <laughs> everything's squared away. I'm just seeing if there's anything I wanted to mention before I read just some more Melissa McCarthy stuff. So we already talked about pretty much all the regular segments. Um, my microwave still unplugged in the corner over there. Still has that picture frame that I talked about, and the uh, t-shirts on it, all folded up like Marie Kondo style. Shout Marie Kondo. Watch your Netflix show. Add to the old Netflix queue if you haven't. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's Marie Kondo. She also has Spark Joy, and she has a couple other books too. And um, 
I think now is a good time for me, speaking of books, to mention this book called I Suck at Girls. <laughs> and it's by Justin Halpern, also the author of the number one best-selling book, New York Times best-selling. I decided I'm not going to swear on the podcast, so it's called S My Dad Says. So let's see, Jimmy Kimmel says, Justin Halpern is brilliant and his dad is brillianter. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel's one of the best. Maxim says, shoot beer out of your nose funny. That sounds like a Maxim quote. Chelsea Handler says, ridiculously hilarious. Does What is Chelsea's new show on Netflix? Speaking about Netflix, what's I don't, I don't really understand what her new show is about. But I might have to check it out. I never really watched Chelsea. I'm going to take another sip of my water. So excuse me for one second. <laughs> Sorry, but I never really watched Chelsea. But I think I think Joe Coy was on it. Joe Coy from Corolla. Corolla show. Um, and also, I think Josh Wolf was on it as well. Josh Wolf's a great comedian from Seattle. I don't know if he's originally from Seattle, but he did. He came up in Seattle, along with Joey Coco, and um, who was the other big name that came up in Seattle? That I was just talking about. Geez, I just mentioned this a few episodes ago. Excuse me, I'm, the um, sausage biscuits not selling well, man. Oh man. It also has sriracha hot sauce on it and coleslaw, which is, that's how you do it. You you can't just have a sausage biscuit. You got to dress it up a little. So Kristen Bell says, read this unless you're allergic to laughing. Maybe Joel McHale was the other Seattle guy, but Joel McHale's not a stand-up. Man, now, I can't let this bug me. <laughs> Absolutely Hilarious by A.J. Jacobs. Oh, I've read one of AJ Jacobs' books. I, AJ, I don't have it with me. I don't think. Maybe I'm standing up right now because I'm going over, standing over by the microwave right now because I'm looking. No, I did not bring that book with me for some reason. I think I got it as a gift too, but I believe it's called a a year of living Bib- biblically. Biblically, that's easy for easy to say. Biblically, that's a hard word to say. I would not choose that as the title of my book. Uh, speaking of the title of my book, Sponge Cake, a mostly made up story about a completely insane town. I didn't really choose a good title either because I choose a super long one. And also, what's in the fridge? I did better the second time. <laughs> but I'm getting sidetracked here. I'm swimming way too far away from the old fishing boat in the bay. Um, yes, AJ Jacobs' book. He dresses like Jesus and he does everything that Jesus did for a whole year. And it's it's like an insane book, and I can't believe that he actually did it. And I love him. I love that book. <laughs> it was it was like groundbreaking. It like blew my mind that someone actually did it. It was like a if punked was a book. That's basically what I'm talking about. So let me just read a little bit of let's see, Justin Halpern. Um, my bookmark is a little something called smartadvantage.com shout out to smartadvantage.com the miami herald says it's smith's elegant little book should be mandatory reading for all entrepreneurs so i guess if you're an entrepreneur check out smart advantage that's just the bookmark though i'm getting sidetracked (laughs) 
Justin Halpern, uh, f- fans of number one bestseller book, yeah, will recognize the always patient voice of Justin Halpern's dad as it crackles through the pages of this hysterical new book. This, so I guess it's all about his dad. The story begins when Justin takes his dad out to lunch to announce that he's decided to propose to his girlfriend. You've been dating for her for four years, his dad replies. It ain't like you found a parallel effing universe. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. That was a good little teaser right there for Justin Halpern. I suck at girls. And I definitely also read S My Dad Says and recommend that book as well. Super funny writer. I I think he, let me check right now, but he, oh, he's just, oh, he's known for his massively popular Twitter feed. That's why I know him. I thought he was going to be a writer for like, Grantland or The Ringer or something, but nope, it's just his Twitter. All right, so happy I did that little tangent there, and let's let's get back to the action. Let's get back to the shoe. Where where were we? 2010. Yes, we left it with private practice. 2010, the backup plan. She plays Carol. She's in a video in 2010 called Love and D- Distrust. She plays Tawny. What? She plays another person called Tawny? What What was the first one that she was Tawny in? I'm going back right now because I got to see what... Here we go. It was Automotives. Wait, how did she play Tawny in Automotives? And she also plays... <laughs> this is blowing my mind that she plays Tawny in two completely separate vehicles that are not even related to each other at all. Oh, no. What am I talking about? Wow, this is a... I just made a bonehead mistake. It says, Tawny. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. This, this this kid is why you have to read the whole paragraph before you make a judgment. Tawny, parentheses, segment five, automotives. Okay. So it's the same Tawny. <laughs> I was about to freak out that she plays Tawny. Two separate characters named Tawny. I was about to freak out. 2010... She's in Life As We Know It. She plays Dee Dee. Okay. I'll leave you with a cliffhanger right there because the next one's a big one. The next one's the big one. You probably already know what I'm what I'm going to say. Check on the Mariners game. It's the bottom of the seventh. Um, no. Oh, no. No. <laughs> so mad. The Super Sports fans mad. We're down three to one, bottom of seventh now to the Texas Rangers. Um, let's see if there's anything else here that I really wanted to talk about on the old trusty yellow legal pad here. So yes, she's from Plainfield, Illinois. And yes, yes, yes. Share the podcast with a friend, tell a family member, and I'm just going to keep on rolling because we're doing good work on that, on that front. We are doing very good work. I think the sun came out again. 2011. Here we go. Bridesmaids. She plays Megan. Okay. Now we got to talk about Bridesmaids. What a movie. This movie. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Bridesmaids blew my mind when I saw it for the first time. It was it was like more extreme than the, than the Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey comedies. Just more vulgar, more, more real. It was almost reminds me of like a college humor video. Like, if a college humor video was an entire movie, that's kind of, like, what Bridesmaids reminded me of when I first saw it. 
like I don't know if that that was probably kind of the same time that was I was into the college humor. Did you guys get ever get into the college humor? It was an old website. I think I think Adam McKay and Will Ferrell actually run it. So shout out episode one of A Star Is Born, Will Ferrell. But that's kind of what bridesmaids reminds me of. Like when she <laughs> when she goes to the bathroom in the sink, that's one of the funniest things. She she has like a dress on. And she just goes to the bathroom in the sink. And it's one of the funniest things in the history of cinema. So if that sounds funny, check out Bridesmaids. And also Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph are super good in it. Um, who is it? I th- Kristen Wiig goes crazy at one point And she like destroys a wedding cake and she freaks out. And she has like a real good, real good tantrum. But it's fun. It's a good movie. John Hamm's in the beginning of it. So if you're a mad ham, uh, the old mad, mad manner, never, never got into mad men. I think I tried watching it once and it was like way too slow. Just then I just remember them like picking up coffee mugs and like putting them down. And that's like the most exciting thing I remember from it, I guess. So that's my point. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I'm, I'm going to train off the tracks right now. This is like a Russian train that's being robbed. Shout out to the machine. <laughs> that's um. So yeah, that's a Bert Bert Kreischer's story that he tells. That's that's kind of his calling card. That's what he's known for. Like Jay Lawson, Jay Larson, Jay Lawson. He's known for um the dude from the Crab Feast and Throughline. He is known for the wrong number bit, and that's the bit where he pretty much he gets called. He takes a call on his phone. And the person on the other line is like all freaked out about like some financials. They're like, we're down on the financials on Friday. And they're freaking out. And then he just plays along with it. He just yes ands it like an improv, like any like UCB or groundlings person would do. And he just goes with it. And he finds himself in the, in the spider web of this like small company on the East Coast because they think he's someone else. They're like, is is this you, Troy? Like, and he he just goes along with it, and yeah, he just ends up like almost taking down like this tiny like financial real estate company or something, and from Boston or something. So I thought that was pretty. That's Jay Lawson's wrong number bit. So check that out if you want, and check out Burt Kreischer the Machine bit if you want. Those are two things easy to find on YouTube. Um, so here we go. I think that's. I think I talked about Bridesmaids enough. I don't really... Oh, Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne was very good in it, too. That's kind of the first time I she was introduced to me, too. So if you like the British actresses... Um, I like I like the British ladies, yeah. <laughs> I like I just like the British accent on... I don't know if it's just me, but... Like, just listen to, like, Rose Byrne talk or something. Sounds good to me. <laughs> I don't know what it is. 2012 TV series, The Penguins of Madagascar. She plays Shelly for one episode. 2012, This is 40. She plays Catherine. I forgot that she was in that movie. Paul Rudd, shout out. 2013, she's in Identity Thief. She plays Diana alongside Jason Bateman. That's a movie. I'm going to click on it because we have that on DVD at home. On our, We got big... Big bookshelf full of DVDs in our TV room. Probably like definitely over a hundred DVDs. 
And for some reason, Identity Thief is one of them. And I've never seen it. It's 111 minutes, rated R, adventure, comedy, crime. Mild-mannered businessman Sandy Patterson. That's a great name for a businessman. Sandy Patterson travels from Denver to Florida to confront the deceptively harmless-looking woman who has been living it up after stealing Sandy's identity. Okay. As I said, Jason Bateman, Melissa McCarthy, John Favreau. Oh, I don't know if he's ever going to have an episode, but I'm sure we'll talk about him in the Vince Vaughn episode. And we'll talk about how much I love Swingers. But I have not seen Made, which is a sequel to Swingers, which is weird. Like, Why would you make a sequel to a movie but not even mention the first one? Like, are you trying to <laughs> trying to get people to get all confused or something? Amanda Peet is in it, and T.I. is in it. I like the old me's dead and gone, dead and gone. Whoa, I've been traveling on this road too long, trying to find my way back home. The old me's dead and gone, dead and gone. Whoa, I've been traveling on this road too long. Yep, that's T.I. And that's J.T. T- J.T. and T.I. Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. All right. Um, John Cho from Harold and Kumar. Oh, that's a great movie. Now, that is a classic. Harold and Kumar. <laughs> Go to White Castle. Not as big a fan of the sequel, uh, what Guantanamo Bay, but the first one's a classic. And I think we actually did go to White Castle when we were driving through New Jersey on the old East Coast baseball trip in 2008. So if you're wondering if I've been to White Castle, I'm just, I can't like specifically remember, but I'm pretty, yeah, for some reason, I'm pretty sure we did. 2013, The Hangover Part 3. Um, she plays Cassie. I did not know she was in The Hangover Part 3. That I don't think I saw the third one, but the second hangover when they're in where they in Thailand, that one is just awful <laughs> compared to how good the first one is. And then it's hard to live up to the first one, that's for sure. So 2013, she's also in The Heat. She plays Mullins. This is a great movie, and they have a super cool new poster. Uh, the movie poster. It used to be completely different and now it's it looks kind of like a 80s b movie uh she stars alongside sandra bullock it's in boston so if you like the boston movies if you like the mark Wahlberg episode it's rated r 117 minutes an action comedy crime an uptight fbi special agent is paired with a foul-mouthed Boston cop to take down a ruthless drug lord. So I'm standing up right now and I'm coming over to my microwave. Right, I'm actually right by the microwave. Um, so I'm holding Michael Rapaport's book. This book has balls. Sports rants from the MVP of Talking Trash. So Michael Rapaport, why why did I just bring him up all of a sudden? Right when I was talking about the Heat, because he stars in the Heat. Duh. He's um. I think he plays her brother and that's the best the best part of this movie in my opinion is the scene when when Sandra Bullock goes to Melissa McCarthy's house and they're, they're having dinner with her family and it's just like the typical Boston stereotypes it's kind of reminiscent of the fighter 
all of um, Mark Wahlberg's sisters in The Fighter. I think Amy Adams is one of them. Don't shout Amy Adams at the Douglas movies. But yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Um, it's that's a f- oh my gosh. If if you watch the Heat, look forward to the part where they have dinner. Just imagine. I can't remember exactly what they were saying to Sandra Bullock, but they were like just talking mad smack, <laughs> mad trash to Sandra Bullock at the dinner table, and just making her super uncomfortable. And it was it was so funny. Also, oh, Jane Curtin is in this movie too. I'm clicking on her because oh, okay, that's what she's from. She's from Third Rock from the Sun, the old Joe Gord Lev. <laughs> Joe Gord Lev. That's what that's what Jane Curtin's from. I think she's also from she's from SNL back in the day too. Um Marlon Wayne's is in this movie too. I mentioned Marlon Wayne's because I saw him when I was at um an intern for Jash down in Los Angeles uh in September 2015 when I had my brief stint in Southern California which I'm definitely gonna, I definitely want to do that again. I'm I've told you guys before, but that's a goal of mine to move to move down there in, in the near future. But anyway, um what was I just saying? I got I got so distracted thinking of thinking of moving to Oh yes, so I saw Marlon Wayne's when I was a uh, intern at Josh in the cuz uh, we shared a building with the Russell Simmons Def Jam. So it was this really cool wooden just everything was wooden and like very futuristic. There were giant bean bags and people everyone had their dog and cat and their pets and you know, it was the futuristic building. But that's where Josh office was and in the little corner office of that place is where they filmed Getting Dug with High. And that's where I did the ep- I didn't do an episode of Getting Dug with High. I I worked an episode of Getting Dug with High. But that's for the um the Todd Glass, Michael McDonald, Kimberly Congdon episode from September of 2015. So go check that out on YouTube if you want. It was super fun to work that. I'm going to read the back of... Here we go. Yes, Michael's an actor. Yes, Michael loves the Knicks. Yes, Michael hated when I used to, when I used to destroy Patrick Ewing. And yes, Michael's funny as, hell, as heck. And yes, Michael knows more about the NBA than some of these NBA bums who are playing. And yes... This is a heck of a book. Guess who said that? Kazam. The big Shaq diss. The big Aristotle. Shaq. We are dealing with an individual who tried to convince Willis Reed that Bill Russell was overrated. He is a sick man. And I wonder what his life could have been like had the Knicks ever been a competent organization, but he has somehow managed to write a good book. That sounds like Bill Simmons. But it's actually a different Bill. Bill Burr. One of the funniest stand-up comics out there. Um, he's not one of my favorites, personally, but I've definitely seen a few of his stand-up specials on Netflix. Add them to your Netflix queue if you want, if you're a big fan of the stand-up. But, I mean, yeah, Bill Burr, he's obviously, everyone knows he's one of the best. He's kind of in that, He, I mean, I would have said in the Louis category, but now Louis in... A, <laughs> Oh, Louis just a whole different story now. Uh, Michael's many things. He's a producer and an actor and comedian, for starters. He's also crazy passionate, crazy, comma, passionate, funny, and intense. All of those qualities come through in his book, along with a troubling fascination with hair pieces. 
All of it, of course, can be explained by his love for the Knicks, which, even in good times, isn't a remarkable experience. Buy his book and enjoy the ride. Colin Coward. The Herd. From The Herd. I think Colin Coward's also from Washington, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and follow Michael Rappaport on Twitter at Michael Rappaport. Check it out. So that's that. 2014. Excuse me one second there. Uh, 2014. I got the the old sausage biscuit burpees. Uh, 2014. Melissa McCarthy stars in Tammy as Tammy. That one did not look too great. She Here's a movie I've seen. St. Vincent. She's Maggie. Bill Russell was the star of this one. Um, not Bill Russell. I just had him on my mind. Bill Murray. And this book makes me think of, well, horse racing is a big part of it. Because Bill Murray kind of plays like this drunk character who just bets on horses all the time. And I think he watches Melissa McCarthy's kid. So I think that's what's going on there. Not watch. Like he babysits her kid. And he goes to the, he takes the kid to the horse races. And that makes me think of the East Coast baseball trip when I went with uh, Uncle Steve and probably Brett and Matt. Because they lived in the D.C. area. So we drove over to West Virginia and went to the Charlestown uh, horse races. So that was the first time I ever have gone to horse racing. And pretty cool experience. Got to go to West Virginia. Got to check off another state on the old state list there. And I don't know. It's kind of it's a sad. <laughs> like Bill Murray's character is definitely sad, though. Like that's not something you want to aspire to be. You don't want to... It's, horse races is one of those things where the more you go to it, the more people worry about you. It's like it's kind of it must be interesting to work there at the, at the old track. You just see the same people coming in every day, and oh man, it must be rough. Twenty fourteen, she is in a short, and it's called Tammy Wave Orama. She plays Tammy, so it must be related to that. Oh my gosh, another Tammy thing. Oh my gosh, she's in like three Tammy shorts. So here we go, the Tammy shorts. She's in four Tammy shorts in 2014. <laughs> the legacy of the Tammy shorts. Uh, so here's the second one. Tammy's road trip checklist. Her road trip checklist. Then her <laughs> P. And then has a bunch of like exclamation points, or not exclamation, but I think I know what the word is, but I'm not going to say it. P-O-Rama. And then mindless chat-O-Rama. So three of them were O-Ramas. That's how uncreative the writers over there at Tammy. What? I don't get that. (laughs) What is going on over there at Tammy that they're making three shorts in 2014 that... And in Orama, I don't understand it. Uh, all right, I'm not gonna worry about it. 2015 Spy. She stars in Spy as Susan Cooper. Um, this is this is a funny movie. Uh, Michael McDonald's in it. Speaking of getting dug with high, I, I just mentioned him. He was in the episode of Getting Dug with High that worked. And yeah, Spy is super funny. Rose Byrne is in it as well. She wears a dolphin suit. If you want to see that. And, yeah, that's all I have to say about Spy, I think. Oh, another thing was Jason Statham 
ended up being super funny in it. Like that's when the world discovered that Jason Statham is actually he actually has a sense of humor. And then that must have been what got him the Fast and Furious gig. So I think he got that right after. Right now I'm holding a little ornament. This is all right, so I'm not talking about spy anymore. We're done with spy. <laughs> this is post spy conversation. I'm holding a little ornament of a prickly giraffe. And this has significance because I was at, I think I was just at the zoo with my mom one time, not that long ago, like maybe last year or the year before. And I was like, I saw this ornament and I said, I like this because I was pressing it against my face. I must have just shaved. Like right now I'm rocking the shadow, but I must have just shaved. So the prickly felt like, felt good against my face. You know, (laughs) I don't know why, but I liked it. And I said, I like this. And then my mom got it for me like months later as a Christmas present. So that was like another example of, I was just talking about my favorite Christmas presents and I like the ones that are really thoughtful. So that was an example of a thoughtful gift. Like she listened to me say that I like something and then she remembered it and got me as a Christmas present. Even though it's just a little ornament, it's all the more meaningful. (laughs) I like it. And I just picked up and dropped a little... Philadelphia Phillies baseball helmet. I picked this up. <laughs> picked this old baby up when I got uh went to the um what I'm losing it right now. Went to the Phillies game with me with me uh with me uh <laughs> I'm alright. With my cousin and my uncle and my dad in Philadelphia. We went we went on the old East Coast baseball trip in two thousand eight and I got a little cup of ice cream in this Philadelphia film Phyllis helmet. Easy to say. That's enough. That was <laughs> that was a lost cause. That Phillies that Phillies helmet. That's all I had to say about it. I just threw it in my room. Just threw it on my pump up mattress. The old pump up mattress. All right. Oh, I also have this. What does it say? It's in German. Why knocked in in Spire? That'd be funny. That'd be funny if I just didn't even know if I just said something like super racist, <laughs> super offensive or something. No. Why knocked in Inspire? And it's a cool mug. It's a tall coffee mug that my sister bought for me when she studied abroad. She studied abroad in Italy and they must have, they traveled. She got to go to Germany too. It's from Bockling. That's the company. B O K or B O C K L I N G. And there's the little, what is that, an umlauts? Is that an umlauts? The two uh, two dots over the O. So, and I really like it. It's like a super nice, very tall, like almost of probably nine inches, maybe a foot tall. And it's metallic, it's clear, it's, and the writing is in gold. And it, it's a picture of a clock tower and some trees, and some stars, and it kind of reminds me of Big Ben, and there might be a church right there, and it's just super nice, I think, oh, it's a shooting star, too, I never even noticed that, see, there we go, I noticed stuff on the podcast, it's got a shooting star on it, why, that's something interesting, why, what's the origin behind those, why did people find that shooting stars have meaning, like, like, it's lucky to see one of those, like, what was the what was the first deal behind that? I think I'm gonna go ahead and search that. I think that's interesting. So while I'm doing that, I'm gonna sing 
My hero, come be my hero. I know what song that is. I'll tell you a little story. So, ever long I waste away with you, ever long tonight I throw myself into over my head, out of the head she sang. Dun dun dun. How's it go? And I'll be my. I'm, I can't remember how the song goes. I'm losing it. But um, yeah, it's Everlong, and it's the Foo Fighters. And I went to their concert at Safeco Field. And I'm just. I got too many things on my mind right here. So I went to their concert at Safeco Field. What was that? September of this past year, 2018. Went with my dad, and just had like. All right. So I want to preface this by saying. Yeah, you know, we all make mistakes sometimes, you know, <laughs> so I'm I, I'm just admitting my mistake right here. So I had a little, just had a little bit too much to drink and went to the concert, went to our seats and maybe sat there for the first song, I had to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom. Um, Yeah, before the concert, we, we went to like, what was a brewery? I think it was called like the Burke Gilman Brewery or something. Over by UW, University of Washington. So I went to the bathroom, tried to come back, tried to come back to my seat where my dad was. But so I give my ticket to the usher. But the, and then the usher takes me to where my ticket was supposed to be. The weird part is my dad is nowhere to be seen. So I'm super confused, drunk, by myself. It's dark. It's dark by this point. We're at Safeco Field, so it's kind of like a weird venue for a concert. People are kind of, you know, because you're not usually standing at Safeco Field. It just looks weird when everyone's standing there. Because mayors usually aren't doing that well, so people aren't cheering that much. But, um, yeah, I can't find my dad. And I'm, like, getting frustrated now at this point because I kept, like, showing my ticket to the usher and they kept just telling me that my seat's right here. But I'm like, no, my seat's not right here because I was with my dad and he's not here. So I'm getting frustrated and I for some reason I decide it's a good it's a good idea to try to go across the row past people and like make them scoot out of the way instead of walking back up the stairs and going on the concourse. So I try scooting by some people and I try scooting by this giant guy. Like I just remember he had like a big like I don't know, he's just like a big old belly. And I just remember <laughs> His belly was like very soft because I tried scooching by him and I tried bumping his belly kind of and because I was drunk and I don't know, I was not thinking at all. No excuse, you know, there's no no excuses, obviously. Um, this is just what happened. But so I tried scooching by him and, and he's just like, he must have, I must have been very aggressive because he bumped me back and then I bumped him back again. And then next thing I know it, my head is being pinned to one of the seats at Safeco Field, <laughs> and my like my arms are behind my back, and people are yelling, and I just feel like people like hitting my back and stuff, and my face is just on the cold seat, and I'm just like, what is going on? And then I get well, I'm handcuffed, I get handcuffed, and I just get dragged off by some police officers into the into the elevator, and then we go downstairs and we go under Safeco Field. So I'm surprised I didn't go to stadium jail, though. Um, that's kind of like a legend. I wonder if those stadium jails like a real thing. 
like a place where they keep people who are like too rowdy to go home. Like they just have to stay the night. <laughs> but I ended up going, getting sent to Harbor. What was it? Not Harbor View. What's the other one? Swedish, Swedish hospital in Seattle. Um, cause I had like a, I don't know. I think I had a cut in. Oh yes. That's what happened. I had a cut in my head and I had to get stapled. So I had, I had to get my head stapled. So yeah, that was pretty fun. I spent the whole night in Swedish hospital and then my mom drove me home at probably, we probably drove home at like 4am, 5am. But yeah, I want to, I want to say thank you to my mom though. Cause she came like, she came over there at like 11 or mid, probably like 11. And she stayed there with me all night. So that's super nice if you think about it. And I just remember sitting in the waiting room of Swedish by myself, like with a blanket on me. And just, that was like my low, that was such a low point for me. Like, you know, when you have like those like low moments in your life where you just like look around and reevaluate like every decision you've ever made. That was like one of those moments for me. I was like, what happened to me? I think... I think I was actually watching Fresh Prince in the waiting room. Shout out to episode six. Go ahead and listen to episode six of A Star is Born, Will and Jada Pinkett. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I had this one of those weird blankets. Like, you know those weird hospital blankets? They're, they're kind of fuzzy and they don't feel good though. I, I think they might be like a space blanket. Is that what those are called? But right now I looked up a shooting star. What do shooting stars symbolize? Shooting stars can symbol uh, the reaching of one's ultimate destiny. And, excuse me, one second. You got the burpees. Okay. Burpees. What a weird exercise, burpees. People just jumping up and down and doing push-ups. Like, it's a good exercise, but I've never really done it. Shooting stars, asteroids, and the movement of the heavenly bodies in the night sky have always fascinated humans. Some cultures have always had... Strong beliefs and superstitions in the meaning of shooting stars, okay? Um, I want to know the origin, so that's why I should search. I should search the origin. Hello, I'll waste away with you ever long. Tonight, I throw myself into... the If you have not heard the acoustic version of Everlong by... By Foo Fighters, definitely listen to that one. And oh yes, the funny, the funny part about that is I can remember the song that they were playing when I when I had my head pinned against the pinned against the chair. They're playing my hero. Um, I can't remember how it goes right now, but they're playing the song My Hero, which is one of their more popular ones. And I cannot even find, I can't even find the origin of that right now, so I'm not going to worry about it. What I am going to worry about is I got to go use the bathroom. So I'm going to go take a little break ski. I'll be right back. I'm back. How was the break? Did you get a lot of stuff done? Maybe start your Christmas list for next year or maybe buy a Christmas present for someone else you love. Who knows? Was it Christmas related? Speaking of Christmas, that reminds me of an old podcast I used to listen to. Always talking about podcasts. The podcast, we talk about podcasts. A Star is Born. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. That's funny to me. But um, no, no. I listened to a, an old Christmas podcast called Feliz Navi Pod. So go check it out. 
Tony Thaxton is the host, alongside some other guy. I can't remember his name. But Tony Thaxton is from, he's the drummer from Motion City Soundtrack. That's a, oh man, that's a a band that my brother has one of their CDs. My brother has like 10,000 CDs. Like he would have like those trees and they would just be like a foot tall, you know. And another thing I was thinking about was when I was going to the bathroom, I was like, Oh, yeah. Speaking of Swedish hospital, I was just talking about my night there. Something funny that they had an, an observation, I guess. Um, my doctor was just wearing a T-shirt. And then I remember thinking, I didn't know that doctors could wear like wear T-shirts. Like, I thought they had to wear like lab coats and be more dressed up, be more like official and stuff. But I guess not. I'll read a quote from The Truth About Writing. These things are your... Be- oh, I read the... It's one of those two-page quotes, and that was the second page. <laughs> oh, man. This is um, a quote from Cheryl Strayed, who's actually the star of Wild. She's the person who wrote the book. I, I talked about it recently. Reese Witherspoon stars in it. It's called Wild. Um, she hikes... I think she hikes the Pacific Crest Trail. So, so I talked about the Appalachian Trail with a, a Walk in the Woods, Bill Bryson's book. But the the Pacific Trest, uh, Crest Trail is kind of the Appalachian Trail of the West. So there you go with that. Um, the useless days will add up to something. The crappy waitress jobs, the hours writing in your journal, the long meandering walks. Remember, go for a walk. The hours reading poetry and story collections and novels. These things are your becoming. Show straight. Writing would be easy if the words Oh, wait, no. <laughs> Writing would be easy if it weren't for the darn words being so uncooperative. Dinty W. Moore. Who's Dinty? What is... What's a Dinty? Is that short for... Is Dinty short for something? I feel like I gotta search that. I'll search that. I like to write when I feel spiteful. It's like having a good sneeze. D.H. Lawrence. That's funny. Now, I said, I'm gonna go ahead and search what Dinty is. And while I do that, I want y'all to think about what's the best time you've ever had at the beach. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Email me. Honestly, I remember going to a lake with the Ungrex. Once again, shout out to the Ungrex. And we'd bring a cooler and we'd bring some float floaty toys. It's back when people used to have those noodles that people swam in. Um, wow. When I just searched Dinty full name, you know what came up first? Dinty Moore. So apparently he's the only Dinty in the history of Dinties. In the history of Dinties who have ever Dintied, he's the only Dinty. <laughs> wow. Oh my gonna. This is a made up name. It's not short for anything. Um, oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, no. No way. There's also a D- <laughs> There's two Dinty Moores. That's no way. There's no way this is possible. This is not real life right now. There's Dinty Moore, the American football player from 1903. And then there's Dinty Moore, Dinty W. Moore, the American essayist from 1955. Oh, my God. I feel like my mind is just melted right there. Just are you, dude? <laughs> there's no way. Like you know what I'm saying. There's no way that that's real life right there. That's not real. 
You, there's no way that there's two people named Dinty Moore and there's no one else named Dinty. <laughs> there's, there's not a name. Oh, what? Okay, here we go. Sorry, I'm all over the place. This train is all over the tracks. This, this roller coaster's losing it. Um, the final, for your final Mariners update of the day. Here we go. This is so anticlimactic. Never seen something more anticlimactic. The final score, four to four. Mariners Rangers. So I guess they don't do extra innings in spring training. Um, I'm happy we stuck with that all day. So we can let that one go. I'm going to go ahead and exit out of that tab. And then I'm going to hop right back on over to Melissa McCarthy. Here we go. We left you with Spy. And then we'll come back with a short from 2015 called Take Flight, the New York Times. She's, she's a performer. She plays performer. She's a performer who plays a performer. 2016, she's in The Boss. She plays Michelle Darnell. A good name. Uh, I did not see The Boss. But it kind of seemed like a... Almost like a Will Ferrell, like... Almost like a Mugatu character from Zoolander. 2010 to 2016, here we, here's her big... Another big one for her. She plays Molly Flynn, 127 episodes. Mike and Molly... Never watched it. Um, sitcom is on forever. Oh, and I think it's on FX. Fearless, right? Is FX Fearless? Uh, 2016. Central Intelligence. She plays Darla. Okay. Um, I saw that movie, actually. That that movie came out when I worked at AMC Woodenville in 2016. And I saw it for free, probably. The Rock and Kevin Hart. So, didn't they have, they had a few movies together. They were in the new uh, Jumanji, which was, I don't know, what do you guys think about the new Jumanji? The old one's definitely better. That's for darn sure. Right? Right? Robin Williams? He'll def, oh, we're going to do an episode of Robin Williams for sure. 2016, a controversial movie. She plays Abby Yates in Ghostbusters. Saw it. Yep, I definitely saw it when I worked at AMC. And, ah, it's tough. I don't know. I wasn't, I'm not as big a fan as the first one as everyone else. I mean, I like the logo and everything. Is I like the idea of Ghostbusters, but it's just okay. 2016, she's in the TV show. Y'all know the show. I've mentioned it before. Conan plays herself and miniseries from 2016 Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life she plays Suki St. James once again Suki St. James cousin of Mugatu Kia Nero Hero's Journey a video short from 2017 2017 she was in Saturday Night Live SNL she played y'all remember she plays Sean Spicer uh, 2018, Life of the Party. She plays Deanna. What was life? I'm going to click on it. I want to see what this was. It was PG-13, 105 minutes, a comedy. After her husband abruptly asks for a divorce, a middle-aged mother returns to college in order to complete her degree. Okay, I do remember when this came out. So this is another old-school, another old-school rip-off. Not rip-off, but... Just kind of similar to old school, I guess. Matt Walsh is in it too from 
UCB fame and Ben Falcone, her husband, Melissa McCarthy's husband, Ben Falcone's in it. 2017-2018, she's in a TV show called Nobodies. Um, she plays herself for eight episodes. Oh, this this movie bombed. 2018, The Happy Time Murders. Detective Connie Edwards. Let's see, what happened with this one? 91 minutes, rated R, action, comedy, crime. When the puppet cast of a 90s children's show be- begins to get murdered one by one, a disgraced LAP- LAPD detective turned private eye puppet takes on the case. <laughs> what? A disgraced LAPD detective turned private eye puppet takes the pay- case. What? That doesn't make sense. How you guys doing? You doing good? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg does not like it. Okay, here we go. These snowplows. Man, snowplows are loud out there. 2018, Can You Ever Forgive Me? I heard this one was really good. Lee Israel. I think there's some Oscar buzz around this movie. Rated R, 106 Minutes, Biography, Comedy Crime. When Lee Israel falls out of step with the current taste, she turns her art form to deception. What? That's a really good teaser right there. Okay. You got me hooks. I'm going to have to check that one out. 2019, The Kitchen, starring, um, she plays Kathy. Let's see what this one is. The Wives of New York Gangsters in Hell's Kitchen in the, dang, I, I broke my, I should have said Hex Kitchen. I broke my no swearing thing already. Hex Kitchen in the 1970s continue to operate their husband's rackets after they're locked up in prison. Okay. Okay. Uh, also has Elizabeth Moss from Handmaid's Tale, that a uh, Hulu show, and Dom Hall Gleason. Ooh, Dom Hall Gleason from um, that one Ex Machina. Oh, if you have not seen Ex Machina, definitely watch that movie. It's it's about the future, but it's also about the present, and <laughs> it's just a good movie. It's it's about a woman. Who pretty much becomes a robot. No, not a woman. A robot who becomes a woman. It's a robot woman. And it falls in love with Tom Hall Gleason, I believe. So, Oscar Isaacson as well from um, what, what, uh, one of those Star Wars movies, right? And then her last credit. We made it. <laughs> 55 out of 55 right here. Made it to the end of Melissa McCarthy's IMDb page. Action comedy from nineteen from twenty nineteen called Super Intelligence. Carol Peters' life is turned upside down when she is selected for observation by the world's first super intelligence, a form of artificial intelligence that may or may not take over the world. Okay, wow. And Bobby Cannavale is in it. Oh, that's a good movie. That's a Favreau movie from earlier that made me think of um I'm all over. I'm all over. I'm all over. Back, 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 back. <laughs> Chef, that's the one. It's John Favreau and Bobby Cannavale's in it. Um, I think Rose Byrne is in it as well, if I'm not mistaken. But Chef is a great movie. Go check it out. And I cannot believe we blew through this episode. I thought it was going to be a lot. I thought I was going to have more to talk about, but I guess I don't really. So 
I'll tell you some plugs. I'll leave you with some plugs. And let's see. Thank you so much again, once again for being a starfish, a member of the starfishes. Um, if you want, check out my books, Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town and what's in the fridge. They're on Amazon. You can get them on Kindle. It's only two ninety nine on Kindle and Barnes & Noble. And Sponge Cake is a novel, and it's about a middle school bake sale set in New England. And it's super fun. Check it out. What's in the fridge? Mostly inspirational, spiritual, motivational, some pop culture, short stories. I said all this at the beginning. So if you listen to the beginning of the podcast, if you listen to podcasts like I do from the beginning and just chronologically straight through, then you know what I'm talking about. My blog is thegoat1.blogspot.com. Remember, you can check out my post, Who Won Bridesmaids? Who Won Bridesmaids? It's from the summer of 2018. Check it out. Because it's Melissa McCarthy, right? My website, christtheauthor.com. Twitter, follow me on Twitter, christtheauthor8. Follow me on Instagram, chrisarneson8. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Share, share, share. Not the not the artist share. <laughs> not C H E R. I'm saying share, share, share. S H A R E. Thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends and family and coworkers. Thank you so much for supporting me. I'm so happy that you're along for this ride with me. Uh the old a star is born. It's a roller coaster. If you can't tell, it's already it's a crazy podcast. I have so much fun doing it though. And I hope you have fun listening and thank you so much once again. Uh, what am I going to leave you with? Come be my hero. I wonder what song that is. Come be my hero. Come be my hero. West Virginia, Mountain Mama. Take me home on country road, country road. Take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia, Mountain Mama. Take me home down country road. Okay, here's the one I decided. All right, so that was John Denver, um, Take Me Home Country Road, but... All right, here's an executive decision. We're making it right now on the podcast. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. You got it, Brody Stevens. You got it. We're doing it. Um, each episode of A Star is Born, we're going to end with Closing Time by Semisonic. Here we go. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me home. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong thank you so much i love you from the bottom of my heart have a great day